Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the KIRP Radio Show, WMMG's home of the KIRP Radio Show, baby. And I really appreciate you guys rocking with us this evening. This will be one of the most blessed evenings you guys have probably ever had in your life. Let me tell you, this show is absolutely beautiful this evening. So we're broadcasting a little bit early. So welcome to all the newcomers to the show. Welcome to everybody who decided to jump on a little bit early to the pre-show with you guys. I really I really appreciate you guys for rocking with us. You know you are B-I-G in my book. That's the catchphrase you guys know. You are B-I-G in my book. That means you're extra big, extra love, extra together. I really appreciate you guys for rocking with us, and that is what it is, man. Last week, folks, let me just tell you, let me let me just rewind for a minute. Last week was an amazing show. Let me tell you. I'm talking about we made history. You should have saw it. I wish I had it on camera, but it's just a it, it's a video in my mind right now, as well as in the minds and the hearts of and the souls of a lot of other people out here, man, because last week we did a tribute to the troops from wherever we were, all over the nation. One minute, one whole 60 seconds, applause, showing love, making some noise, standing to our feet. We gave it up for the brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces, past, present, and beyond in the future. We showed a lot of love to these folks, man, and it was beautiful, let me tell you. Um, There were people all over my street making a lot of noise, people on their porches, you know, I've got an email from people that said they were in their church and they stood at their feet and they started clapping. They were in their yard. Man, it was beautiful. My family was in the studio with me showing some love and we all stood to our feet and, and a couple of people from the staff stood to their feet. And it was beautiful, man, all over the world at one time in unison showing the troops some love. And that's what it's all about, man. If you can't show love, I don't know what's wrong with you, man, because it's all about love. Despite our differences out here, one thing that we should all have and one thing that we should we should all celebrate and the thing that we should build upon is the love for each other. And I think that's just a beautiful thing, man. So shout out to everybody who participated with us last week. Definitely B.I.G. shout out to the folks out there who showed us love and who continue to show the troops some love because, man, these guys, these brave men and women of the past, present, and the future – Deserve all deserve all the love and the props that they could get, and uh, you know, frankly, I I just don't feel like we give them enough props. You know what I mean? I, I'm very vocal about the way that I, I feel about certain things in this nation, and and the thing that the points of views that I have, I'm very vocal about it. No matter where I go, a, a lot of times I sit back and I listen first because it's very important that we listen as individuals, and if we want to learn to come together and and understand people. It's very, 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 very extremely important that we can shut our mouths sometimes, close this big trap that I have, sit back and analyze the room, listen to what people say, and listen to what they bring to the table. And maybe you can build upon that. You can share your experiences. You can share your point of view, your facts, whatever you got, opinions, whatever it is, man. But it's important that we sit back and listen, and then we share. So that's something I have to look in the mirror and say to myself, P., Pudgy, you got to remember to chill for me, you know, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to chill, man, because we all, we all have our opinions, you know what I mean? We all read these blogs, and we're all researching, and we're all, especially as church folks, especially y'all church folks, y'all got y'all Bibles, 
you take your notes, man, you fresh off Sunday sermon, you come in and, and you go out or, or wherever you are, you go out, you come in, wherever you are, you, you, you gather amongst different people and you're ready to impose on their views with your views. You're ready to give them everything you got because, and, and it's out of love. Don't get it twisted. It's definitely out of love. You know what I mean? When, when, as, as, as nurturing people, you know what I mean? People of God, we like to uh we like to share our blessings. We like to share our scripture. You know what I'm saying? We we like to let people know, look, this is what I learned and this, this is what my pastor said. My pastor say, uh, rocks have been here longer than people. You know <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is, man. No matter what the topic is, no matter what you're sharing, uh the important thing is that we love to share and, and I think that's something that we have to build upon. But, you know, just backtracking a second I've been saying something for a very long time that a lot of people, uh, they're just not feeling. Apparently, they're not feeling because I, I see things haven't changed. Um, if, we, if we're really serious about correcting the wrongs in life in general, if we're really serious as saints of God, as believers of God, if we're really, really, really serious about this mission, if you will, this lifelong mission that we're on, we have to start, even though I know I just said now, I, I understand, I'm, I'm clear, be clear on this. I know that I just said sometimes you have to sit back and listen, but you can never get to the conversation with people. You can never get to the point where you interact unless you first speak to people. You got to get off that horse, folks. You got to get out of that Lex. You got to get out of that Benz. You got to roll down your window sometimes. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to roll up your sleeves. You know that that shirt with those. You got to pop those cufflinks off, folks. You know y'all y'all church folks like to look good. I feel you. I like to look good too. You know what I mean. And sometimes and you and you politicians and and everybody. You know we like to look good, but sometimes we got to roll up our sleeves. We got to get a little wrinkle. We got to get our hands dirty. We have to start interacting with people who aren't like us. We have to start ministering outside of our churches, folks. Sometimes you can't beat people in the head with the Lord. Sometimes you got to come together and talk about CSI, basketball, talk about the football game. You got to let people know that we're human, that we're regular. So we have to interact. We got to start speaking to each other, folks. That's the that's the number to me. That's the number one rule. You know, you got to interact. You got to say, hello, how you doing? Stop walking past people, saints of God. Stop walking past people, humanitarians. Stop walking past people, ministers, reverends, deacons, church folks. We got to stop walking past people and invite people to this beautiful thing that we know. That's called Christ and this relationship that's called the falling of Christ. We got to start interacting with people, folks. You know, we got to get off our high horse, man. So, you know, once again, if you guys haven't listened to the show before, I challenge you all again to get out of your comfort zone, start speaking to people, start inviting them into your life. And I don't mean so personal. See, don't 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 take it extreme with me for a minute, because there's somebody out there going to see. I, I knew I should have listed this show because he, oh, he, he wants somebody to get all up in your business. Look, I don't, I don't want anybody to get all up in your business. I'm I'm not that guy. You know, I'm I'm not the guy that's just gonna pop up at your house, and I don't I don't like people just popping up out of nowhere anyway. I got five kids, man. It's it's no telling what my house might look like when you just pop up. So give me a little warning so you won't think we're nasty. 
you know, we like to pick up the toys and we like to pick up the paper and mop the floors and sweep the floors and you know whatnot. We like it to be presentable for people when they come over. And, and that's serious up. I'm not I'm not joking. I mean that's real business. So I'm not saying inviting people to every little bitty aspect of your life. I'm not saying invite people to your problems, to your job, to your finances, to everything you have. All I'm saying, you guys, is that we really if we're really serious about what we're talking about doing, if we're really serious about building a relationship across this nation, if we are really serious about the love and camaraderie that we talk about, we have to start speaking to each other at least. Let me just be clear. It's not a white and black thing. It's not. Sometimes it may be. So what? But we really have to start interacting. We really have to start saying, Hello, how you doing? Hi, how's your day? And, and you know, maybe you just got to keep it walking from there. I mean, who knows? But, you know, I, I just challenge you guys to start opening your mouths, say hello, and then take a step back, take a deep breath, get off your horse, get out of your book, get out of your notes. I know you're ready to teach. I know you're ready to, to share your knowledge and, you know, reach out and touch somebody with some love and, and some information. But just sit back. Start off with the with the hello, you know, how are you, hi, and then sit back and listen to what other people have to offer to the conversation. That's all I ask you guys to do. I think that's how we break the ice. I think that's a barrier that we have to get out of. Like I said before, I was talking to a gentleman, and we were talking about these boxes that we live in. See, so you're in your home box, right? Your home is a certain box where, you, where you're comfortable at, where you spend all your time at. And then you leave home and you go to work and then you're in your work box. Some of you in your offices, some of, some of you guys on the floor, some of you in your departments. So you're in, that, you're in that comfort zone again in your box at work. And then you may get on your computer and, and with all this social media and you're in that social media box. So we got to break that, folks. We got to start interacting with each other, people that just walk by us, people that aren't within our boxes. We got to start interacting with each other. Say hello, share some love, and I think then we can have a serious conversation about how we're going to fix the nation, how we're going to fix the communities, how we're going to reach out and touch politics from an individual basis, and how we're going to take care of each other. I think then we can have a serious conversation. But welcome, everybody. Got to move along, man. Got to move along. But, you know, welcome, everybody new and all my regular listeners out there all 301,000 of you guys and that's that those stats are a week late I'm pretty sure they've grown since then uh thanks to the producers who produced this week's show BIG shout out to the Bankston the, the Bankston family they definitely held us down definitely showed us a lot of love Tracy Miranda Miles and and David I think is is, is the pop's name but shout out to all you guys man the producers of this week's show B.I.G. in my book, and they'll be coming up. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some calls from those folks in the 8 o'clock hour. We have quite the list, but right now, I'm going to bring on somebody that's extra special to this show. I'm sure all you guys know who she is. It is Charlotte. Let me let me get in my movie movie theater voice for a minute. It's Charlotte from Triad Super Savers. No, I'm kidding. It's Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Triad Super Savers, man. A, a very, very, very family-oriented woman oriented woman who shows folks a lot of love, who spends a lot of her time uh, doing things for you guys, showing love to all the people out there who don't have the means or, or don't understand what it means to save a couple of dollars or how to go about saving a couple of dollars when it comes to shopping or, or in their regular everyday lifestyle. So we're going to bring Charlotte on the show right now, and we are going to say hello, Charlotte. 
Hello, Pudgy. <laughs> hey, have, do you remember Johnny Carson? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I, I was about Jim to say, Curry. yeah, I didn't want to tell my age, you know. But anyway, <laughs> that's what uh-huh. I did. That's what they used to do on Johnny Carson. Hey, here's Charlotte. That felt good, didn't it? It felt good saying it. So yes. I know it had to feel good to you. <laughs> back in the day, right? Yeah, you know, got to show Bring some love. Yeah, man, I, I loved You know what? I loved the old school because the old school was, it was so, like, respectful. You know what I mean? And, and if it yeah. wasn't, like, if it was a bad show on TV, it came on, like, way late in the night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. they had, like, these big... Advisories that popped on the screen, and you had to read it because it stayed there for like two minutes. Like, and and a lot of times the guy would read it with you. If you have kids in the room, make sure your kids leave because they don't want to watch this program. You know, blah 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 blah. We don't get that anymore, man. Next, now you just turn on the TV and you see people humping. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, what mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, you know. So, uh, how has your week been, Miss Charlotte? My week has actually been rather long. Mm. I Ben's um, been working late. I've been working overtime at work late. Wow. So it's been a long week, but yeah, that's all right. <laughs> work is work. How about right? you? My week has yeah, been long yeah. too. My weeks are always long. I mean, I, there's no days off over here. So, but you know what? I'm not complaining. Thank God, we nope. all work that we can work, and that you know the work that we do. True. A, a lot of people benefit from the work we do, so you know that's a beautiful thing. Very true. Makes it worth it. Yeah, definitely. So speaking on the work that we do, um, how has stretching your budget been coming along, and and your site Triad Super Savers? And enlighten us a little bit about what's been going on with your uh, with your website. Well, not too much has really changed. Um, you know, just trying to make things just so that people are easily able to find things, you know, a lot of feedback is just, you know, when you're not used to something like that, um, you know, navigating through a site like like mine that's got so many different things mm-hmm. can be difficult. So just trying to find new ways that makes it easier for readers to, um, you know, find what they're looking for. So that's been my, my biggest goal. And, um, you know, as always, trying to find a balance for, you know, work and home. So that's always like a big challenge for me um you know not putting in too much work i don't want to be a workaholic and never have time for my family because it's not worth it but then you know Mm -hmm. wanting to help others is again my biggest goal so it's like kind of like a vicious cycle but that's just been what i've been going through with it but (laughs) you know nothing really has changed so just plugging away trying to keep bringing deals to everybody that that definitely helps because let me tell you I have been coupon talked about I love you baby I know my wife's listening but I have been coupon <laughs> talked about to death Ben my man Ben to your husband yes. you know what I salute your husband because now I think I know what he goes through no disrespect Charlotte because couponing is is exciting <laughs> well I mean you know what yeah. it's it's more exciting than I knew because you, you start saving so much money I mean you got to talk about it. And, you know, before yeah. it was, you know, $10 here, $5, $8 there, you know, whatever. But, I mean, now we're talking 40 bucks here, 50 bucks there. So my wife's like, baby, I just saved 40 bucks here and I saved 50 bucks there. So now I'm all ears. And then she goes in detail. Yeah. Oh, my God. Every little thing. Yeah. Every item. I, I hear just, about 
all the sales. Yes, I do the same thing. I come home, and as my husband's like, you know, sitting around or doing it in front of the TV, I step right in front of the TV, and I'm like, guess what I just said? And I'll tell him, you know, I saved this amount of money, and then I'm like, okay, now guess how much I spent for each thing. And I make him go down and guess every item. <laughs> It's one of those things. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining because, you know, at the end of the day, we're saving dollars and she's excited about it. So, you know, it's full mm-hmm. steam ahead. I'm excited about it. So it's full steam ahead. So this is what we got to do. But the key is uh, maximizing on how you reach out and help folks. And, you know, we got to share this information. I, I commend you because what you do is a beautiful thing. And a lot of people are benefiting from it, you know, benefiting from it, not only us, but there's thousands of people out there that are benefiting from your work alone. So, you know, I definitely wanted to show you some love on that and, uh, you know, ask you, you know, did you have everything you need? Is there something you need out there? Or did you have any advice for people who kind of want to get into it? Um, You know, the biggest thing that I, you know, always like to impress upon people is that, you know, when you're starting out, it's, not always easy, you know. I always, I always like to say that nothing that um, comes easy is ever good. So, if this was easy and everybody did it, then it would just be, you know, a, a, no, no big deal. Nobody would really benefit from it because you don't really appreciate something unless you work for it. Right. Kind of the way I always say. So, with couponing, it is work. And everybody's always like, well, I don't have time. That's the biggest thing I hear. I don't have time to keep on. I don't have time. And I always say, well, let me just tell you about what I do, and then you tell me if you have time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I will literally stand in the store, and people are like, oh, I don't have time to do that, you know. But I'd love to one day. I'm like, well, you can, and here's how, you know. So, um, it's just it's whether or not um, you want to do this. So, like, I've had so many people say that I'm an employee and, you know, I'm trying to find ways to save money. And, you know, this is why we started couponing was because Ben was unemployed and we needed to find a way to save money. So ultimately it's about a want, a need versus a want. Um, and then when other people start out and it's not necessarily a need, then it becomes a drive because it can be uh, infectious. You know, when you're saving so much money, yeah. that's like, you know, it's just, like, intriguing, and everybody wants to learn how to do it. So my biggest thing, that was my tangent, but my biggest thing is just to know that it's not going to be easy, um, and I tell everybody that it takes at least two months to get into couponing, um, and that's just getting used to it, mm-hmm. learning how to do it, building a stockpile, building, um, you know, a collection of your coupons so that you actually have coupons to use when things go on sale. Um, But, you know, I always tell people I take all the hard work out of it for them because I do all of the coupon matchups with the sales flyer. All you have to do is either print your coupon or pull it from, you know, the Sunday paper. So, you know, I've already done the hard work. All you have to do is get your coupons together and go to the store. (laughs) I can tell you how much you're going to be spending on a product when you go. You you can't you yeah, really it. can't beat that you know that I mean yeah. you, like you say you have taken all the hard work out all you have to do is just uh, print and clip <laughs> you know if that exactly yeah yeah so um, just you know I just like to encourage people especially those that are just starting out to not give up don't get discouraged 
And once you make it past that two-month goal, I'm telling you, it gets so much easier. So stay positive and always, you know, it's something that I can tangibly do for my family. You know, I can actually see savings, and it's one thing that I can physically control in our finances. And, um, you know, so those for those people out there that are like, what can I do for my family that can make an impact, this is it. And if you, per se, don't need the food, somebody else out there does. So if you don't need to save the money personally, you know, imagine how much food you can purchase for other people that need food by couponing because you're saving so much money. So, you know, a lot of people only think about themselves. So just (laughs) not always think about you. And, you know, remember there's so many people. I mean, North Carolina is the number one state for um, starving children. So, you know, just keep that in mind for those of you wow. who live in our area. That's something to think about. Hey, hey, we had a um, we had a listener uh, send us a message to ask you uh, to ask you to, about coupon clipping services, or mm-hmm. do, do you offer coupon clipping services? I'm sure there are people out there who would, who would love your services and would like to know how they could get in touch with you to maybe maybe help them out. You know. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I actually don't offer the coupon clipping services myself. Um, I just personally don't have time to clip all the coupons. <laughs> but there are companies out there that do that. Um, and if you go to our site, searchingyourbudget.com, and look on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see um, two little icons that will say clipping services. And you can just click on one of the two little icons. They're both similar, just different companies. And you actually purchase the coupon. Um, well, I should rephrase that you're you're actually paying for the service for them to clip it there you can't sell a coupon that's actually illegal so um you're you're um actually purchasing the service for them to clip it and most coupons range anywhere from 10 to 20 cents a coupon depending on the value of the coupon so if you don't if you're one of those people that i'm like i don't use all these coupons that come in the paper i only have certain things that i want to buy this might be an option for you because you can buy multiples of that one coupon or several coupons, and then they'll just mail them to you for the cost of a stamp. But that you have all you have to pay for shipping, and then you've got the coupons you need for the sale. So, for for, for people that might be single or a family of two, some older families, this might be better for them. Um, so, it's definitely a good option if you um, don't have a lot of people in your house, or if there's a really big sale and you just want a, bot- a bunch of something, then that would be a, a great idea versus buying, like, 20 papers. <laughs> ah, I like that. You know, that sounds that sounds fairly easy. Um, I don't I don't see why it would be a hard thing to do. But, you know, stretchingyourbudget.com, mm-hmm. folks, check it out. Also on Facebook, that's Triad Super Savers. Put it in your search bars. You can find it. Stretching Your Budget. Dot com. Make sure you log on to that website, folks. There are coupons. There are specials. There are a whole host of things for you guys to do on this site, man. You will never get bored with it, I promise you. And I guarantee you, guarantee, listen, this is a 1,000% guarantee. If you go on stretchingyourbudget.com, right, everybody listening, stretchingyourbudget.com, I guarantee you that you'll get something free. But you got to put in a little work first. Is that fair, Charlotte? That's very true. I, I had a lot of free stuff I posted this last week. So we had free Domino's pizzas, free um, coffee. You know, I'm always putting free things out there. So you just have to check it out 
be on there all the time. And if, if for people that don't remember to go to the website, you can subscribe by email, and we'll send you a daily newsletter of everything we posted for the day. So. That's what's up, man. I, I love that. And shout out to at Hen Cole on Twitter. He says we should send you to Congress and we might get a real budget. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> yeah, that is a great plan. So hope you guys are listening. I can to me. definitely get them in check. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show, rocking with us briefly, and uh, we're going to move along. I hope you'll stay with us right. and uh or at least come back with us on the 8.30 prayer, listen in and stay some, get some prayers in with us. How about that? Definitely. That sounds awesome. Shout out, Charlotte. All right. Have a good night. All right. Oh, shit. Shout out. Um, I miss my, my friends right now, my girlfriends. I'm not going to name them all because I'll probably leave somebody out, but shout out to them for having me over. So. <laughs> Your girlfriends, man. Shout I didn't out. forget. <laughs> shout out to StretchingYourPunchy.com. Thanks, Charlotte. We'll talk to you soon. That's Charlotte. Thank Stretching you. Good night. And from the KLRP Radio Show, we'll be back, folks. If you're listening online, hit us up, 619-638-8559 is the number. Also, KLRPRadioShow.com. We're on Facebook for you, all you Facebookers. It's Facebook.com backslash KLRP Radio Show. You're listening to the number one, the number one, the number one black conservative radio show in the land, over 300,000 listeners, over 2 to 3 million. Sorry, the number wrong. Over 3 million contributors or one-time listeners. You're rocking with Pudgy, at MC Pudgy on Twitter. You want to hit up the show? That's at ARP Radio Show on Twitter also. We're on YouTube. We're all over the universe, baby. When we come back, we're going to have a special guest with us. That's right, a special guest with us from 8 to 9 powerful prayer we got a few special guests by the way i'll let you guys know when i come back you're rocking with the krr so right back I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state. We have great challenges facing us and need strong, courageous, visionary leadership to see us through. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina lieutenant governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president of the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've visited the majority of the counties in North Carolina multiple times, traveled over 80,000 miles, listened to thousands of North Carolinians share their solutions to the challenges we face. Did you know North Carolina ranks 41st in the nation in K-12 education, 36th in graduation rate, 43rd in unemployment, 38th in business tax climate, 42nd in illegal immigration? This is just not acceptable. I believe it's time to look at the failed policies of our current governor and lieutenant governor and demand real leadership for North Carolina. As your next lieutenant governor, I will tackle these issues head on and provide the strong, courageous, and visionary leadership needed to lead our state through these challenging times. Over the next few months, I'll be sharing solutions to these challenges, and I hope you will take the time to share them with your friends, 
and family and give me your feedback. I believe we can turn America around and I believe we should start right here in North Carolina. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor and I ask for your support. thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Never would have made it. Never could have made it without you. 
never lost it all. But now I see how you were there for me. And I can say, never would have made it. Never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. Shout out to everybody out there listening to us, man. This is going to be one blessed Sunday. Let me tell y'all something. If you haven't had church yet, we might have a little bit of church today. <laughs> if if we don't have a little bit of church, I know one thing for a fact. You're going to leave here feeling a lot better. You're going to feel way more better than you felt before. We're going to get this on, baby. We're going to pray for this nation. We're going to do some things that a lot of people should have been done. Things that people, people, people should... People should have been taking a stand on the right things in this nation and focused on the right things of this nation instead of putting it in the hands of individuals who won't lead us in the way of Christ, who won't lead us in the truth and, and in the way of the divine. So uh, I'm going to bring one of those people on right now. That's Pastor Dwayne Milioni. Forgive me if I said your name wrong, Pastor. He's calling us from JFK Airport, so you guys got to bear with us, but we're going to make it happen. Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing good, my brother. That was uh, good to pronounce my name too, man. You got it right. Oh, I'm I'm surprised, man. You know, I got a hard first name. My first name is Altari, so uh, you know, okay. I had I got a little practice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Listen, I appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, appreciate what you're doing too. Thank you. We um we're, we're we're blessed to have you on this show, and uh you you have a home. You know, anytime you have anything to say to the world. You have a platform right here and uh, a platform that you can feel good about and, you know, that don't won't be talking reckless when you're gone, you know, people that really stand for God. So you definitely have a platform here, and we, we're, we're blessed to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Pastor, what we're doing today is uh, I think we're faced with um, sometimes that I, I hear a term quite often um, a lot of days from a lot of different people from all walks of life. And that term that I hear is that uh, uh, I've never seen anything like this before. You know, I've heard that so many times about, and, and just speaking about society alone and uh, what we're going through in the day-to-day, and you know, politically, socially, and even economically, um, I'm hearing that same term thrown around. I'm sure you've heard that term. And, uh, you know, Pastor, what should, what's, what's important today, and uh, what should we be focused on today, uh, uh, if you will, if you could help us out with that? Yeah, that's a great lead-in. You know, uh, when Jesus came to earth the first time, he said that the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. And and really, the, the latter days began then. Now, we have since several thousand years later continue on to the end those last days. I'm reminded of where the Apostle Paul told his young mentor, Timothy, that in the latter days, people are going to be lovers of themselves, wanting to have their ears tickled. They're not going to be doers of the word. And so we we find ourselves as Christians, you know, um, really having to make a decision of whether we're going to stand out for the very things that our Lord told us to do 2,000 years ago. So to be let me say simply, the same thing that was important to the Lord when he came the first time is going to be what's important 
uh, to the Lord when he returns and finds us doing. We have got to be about the business of the gospel, plain and simple. When Jesus returns, let him find us continuing on what he told his disciples to do 2,000 years ago. Wow. I think we've, uh, you know, I want to say that the majority of us get so caught up in uh, what bills do, um, what jobs hiring, because there are a lot of folks out of work today, what jobs hiring, who's paying what, uh, what's going on, what the latest politician said, you know, this side versus that side. And uh, it, it seems like a lot of us are taking, we just taking our eye off the ball, um, Pastor uh, Milioni, and, and I don't, you know, for the life of me, we've already had instruction. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we have clear instruction, too. But it seems like um, people really take their eye off the ball and, and what are some things that, you know, coming from you is is a person who I know is under attack all the time. Um, what are some things that we could do, uh, folks that are young in Christ, you know, some things that we could do to help encourage us and, and, and that can strengthen us through this walk, through this faith walk? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I'm gonna, you, really, you really are getting to what's most important, I think, because um, – um, I, you know, I think the majority of people want to believe they are spiritual or religious. Even those who claim to be Christians are going to uh, identify themselves with a church, you know, and whatnot. But you know, Jesus came to make disciples, and and sometimes it helps me to think: what does that mean? What would be a made disciple? What would be the end result? I mean, if if God said, "All right, you're done." I'll finish with you. You're exactly like my son Jesus. What would that look like? Because if we don't see what the end result is, how are we going to know what to get there? We've got to have a very clear picture of who our Savior is Mm -hmm. so we know how to get there. And, and, And the Christian life is simply this. It's denying the old self, putting off the old man, and putting on the new. That day in, day out process of conforming ourselves to the image of Christ. Now, what do we need? We need the Spirit of God who will help us not live by a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power. We need the Word of God that the Spirit breathed out so we can take in and and be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need churches that are going to get serious about making disciples, not tickling people's ears. Mm. And so, you know, with these three things, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the community of faith, the church, we can get there. Yes, sir. I, 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 man, I'm, I'm. You got me feeling in here. I'm, I'm in here moving back and forth, squirming in my chair. I, I, I know my listeners are hearing the squeak in the chair because that, that's exactly right, and that, that hits home for me. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm one of those people who uh, look at things sometimes and go, you know, hey, maybe I need to focus on this. I need to focus on that more. I need to focus on that more. When actually, the ultimate thing to be uh, worried about is our soul and our individual relationship. As uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to go political here, but. I'm a self-proclaimed conservative because those are things that I believe to be right. I'm a believer in Christ. So as a conservative, I have to look in the mirror and go, hey, hold on a second. You know what I mean? Hold on a minute. And you also got to check your friends. You know, you got to let your friends know what's important, too. Christ is important. This is it. This is the only ticket. This is what we need to be focused on. This is what we need to pay attention to on an individual basis. We got to have an individual relationship with Christ. He's not coming back for your friend, your mom, your brother, your sister, your cousin, and you. He's coming back for the mm-hmm. pure heart, and you have to fix that. And that's something that that's I think. Right. That's something that I think a lot of people 
are, are, are losing focus on, it's be, it seems like it's become more about my church rather than my individual self. I think you said a lot. I really do. I think you said a lot. Because if we don't begin with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and what it means to walk in the spirit, not of the flesh, then, then we're never going to figure out how we are going to grow up, as the Bible says, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And so, you know, when we can get a bunch of individuals fully committed, then all that's going to do is make the local churches fully committed, and and then we're going to get somewhere. But, you know, for you to be able to say um, boldly, I'm a conservative, and then say, but really, it's just because I'm a Bible believer. I understand the gospel. I understand what the gospel is teaching. Then, then, then that's going to provide, I think, a sense of uh, fellowship for others who may be a little more intimidated to say that as bold as you. But at least you're providing, you know, a model. Where you can say, oh, "Look, all right, if you want to follow me as I follow Christ," and really, that's all that I would want you to do. That's all that I want to do. I just want for people to say. Uh, you know what, I see in you someone who's pursuing Christ. You're not perfect. Uh, we don't claim to be. And then I would say, okay, how about this? You follow me as I follow Christ, and we'll really get there. We'll get there with that because we have the Spirit of God with us. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Good God Almighty. Folks, six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. you're on the air with Pudgy and Pastor Milioni out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Pastor, is that right? Yeah, that's right. My church is called Open Doors in Raleigh, North Carolina. Open door, folks. Raleigh, North Carolina. So if you're traveling, you hop off the airport this Sunday or Saturday, or you better look them up, call them, do tweet them, do whatever you got to do, man, because you got to get some of what's real, and we're getting some of it right now. Pastor, let me let me ask you, um, the youth today, um, Jesus Christ, I, what do you see in today's youth? You know, I, you know, my parents told me it's harder for you than it was for us. And so I see I've got uh I've got three teenagers and and uh, one college age and and I say to them it's harder for you than me. And and so, you know, uh, sin uh is uh, is is gaining in its uh a grip on the hearts of youth and and it, it, it the allowance of sin is is being you know such more progressive mm-hmm. and 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 sin, you have to see sin as a power. I, I call it a monster, and and it really wants to to have to control, to to enslave, to devour our young people. And so you know, with the youth, um, the temptations start earlier. The the sin uh, habits are 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 greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the danger uh, that, that that they face just in making decisions are bigger. And and they are in a huge, huge struggle for for trying to figure out who they are. You know, I mean, they they are in an identity crisis. And so, you know, what we've got to do again is just simply come alongside them, just like Jesus did. He came alongside his disciples. He didn't get too far out ahead of them. And we've got to walk with them through these most difficult years. Again. You know, sin hasn't changed. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just that it's it, it's much more bold in your face these days. Yes, sir. I, uh, I, when you say loss of identity, um, that's very important to me because I, I always tell my kids, you know, 
and, and I have very small kids, but I, I do have a preteen and a teenager, 14 years old, and, and, a, and a young man in, in mm-hmm. what's going on. And I teach yep. them to be individual thinkers. I'm sorry, we teach them to be individual mm-hmm. thinkers. Around here, the word individual is used a lot because we know mm-hmm. that when you make a mistake, you have to be accountable for that. And, and and I look at the kids and I look at adults today, and I can't help but wonder, do we have we have we come to terms with our mistakes to the point where we don't even realize their mistakes anymore, or 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 maybe we just don't even care that they're mistakes anymore. It seems like uh, uh, with all the institutions that are anti-Christ today, people have become silent. And and even saints of God, or, or what I would say so-called saints, I got nothing to do with their personal relationship, but I can only look at what they put out there. And even saints of God have, have you know, taken a stance on things that they know good and well is, is not uh, in the business of God or not in the institution of God. So I, I wonder, I don't know what you see, and, and, and I guess that's my question to you, but have have adults really uh, taken a blind eye to their sin today? Have we excused our sin to the point that we believe it's not sin anymore? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we relabel it, we repackage it, we psychologize it, we socialize it, we do everything we can to make sin um, a disease, a symptom, uh, an excuse, uh, or, and, 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 you know, trying to make sin go away that way mm-hmm. may at first sound like it's appeasing. But in the end result, it just creates uh, a greater enslavement to it. And so here's what I say. If sin is the problem, then at least there's a cure, and the cure is the gospel of grace. Yes, if, if sin is not the problem, where's the cure? You know, you, you know, both adults, uh, either they're they're trying to satiate their sin habits, uh, making excuses, or 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 or, or trying to uh, uh, reason them away, but but then they have to still live in, still live it, with it, and and in it, and and so you know, if we can just be honest with the gospel. I mean, if, if if there's one thing I want to leave you all with, is that the gospel is the answer. But but I don't want for it to be a cheap gospel. I don't want for you to 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 think gospel. Oh, that's easy. I just believe in Jesus and I'm set. No, <laughs> the gospel is deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Recognize that that we are sinners by nature, and that without the grace of God and without the help of God, we would have nothing. And so um, uh, I do unfortunately see a whole lack of, uh, in churches today, a whole lack of of gospel teaching and preaching. It seems to me like there's uh, a movement more towards entertainment in churches as opposed Mm. to uh, solid biblical teaching towards sanctification. So, yeah, I mean, I'm concerned about it. Wow. KRRP Radio Show on the air with Pastor Milioni, Open Door. Uh, Rally North Carolina is the name of the church, the open door. Uh, 619-638-8559 is the number folks pass it along because we're doing something B-I-G. We're doing something special. And if you don't like having church and you don't like hearing about the Lord, you got the wrong station today. Well, that's every week, but, you know, I just thought I'd clarify. <laughs> um, Pastor, I, and, and I know you. I know you are. You're in the airport right now, but I just have a couple more uh, uh, comments and, and maybe a sure. couple more questions. Um, mm-hmm. 
a, a relationship with Christ consists of what uh, in in your your mind? If if someone came to you right now, because there are a lot of people out here listening to the show, and uh, you know, I, I I would like to think that everybody has been taught how to establish that relationship, but you know, I know better because I had to learn how to establish a relationship, and a lot of other people had to learn how to establish their relationship. We had to be taught that. So if you will, and if you can, could you explain uh, what the relationship and establishing that relationship consists of, sir? Mm, thank you. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah let me go way back and uh, go to some of, the, uh, some of our uh, uh, reforming fathers who broke away from the Roman Catholic Church because they realized that uh, um, what Rome was doing was not offering salvation by grace. And so these guys said, you know what, all right, here's where we've got to begin. We have to come to the Savior as an unworthy sinner. You know, Jesus, uh, when he was at the temple and the Pharisee was praying and everybody was admiring the Pharisee and there was a, another guy, you know, who was by himself praying and, and, and nobody was noticing him, but he said, God, have mercy upon me. I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, it's that guy who's going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we begin with an honest, sincere recognition of our unworthiness before God. We have no ability in and of ourselves to be made right with God. And so we come to God seeking mercy, and God being merciful then grants us mercy. And, and then there's a, there's a conversion. There's a born-again experience that takes place when we come to Jesus by faith alone. But conversion is essentially important, but that's just the beginning. From conversion, then, we recognize that we are children of God and that we have to grow and have a relationship with God. So, you know, the Apostle Paul said it this way when he was converted. He said, you know, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And so when he said that, is look, my life is Christ. And, and 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 I don't want to be me anymore. I just want to be identified and so identified with Christ that they only see Christ in me. And when I die, I gain because when I die, I get more Christ. So it's, it's Christ and it's more Christ. And that's the Christianity. If you don't like it, then you probably should seek another religion because it's not, you know, hey, you know what, I'm a Christian and guess what, now I've got Jesus and, you know, when I want something from him, I get it. That's not it at all. Christianity is dying to ourselves, denying ourselves, getting over. As a pastor, you know what I have to do? I have to figure out how to get over me. And and once we figure out how to get over ourselves, we begin to figure out what it means to live for Christ. Good God Almighty. That's a powerful (laughs) word. We love that. I love that. I love that, man. That that's that is the truth. So help us God, because you do have to get over yourself. And 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 you know what? Even as a, 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 a youth, as a beginner in the word, we got to get over ourselves too, man, because you got to right. look at, we have so many years of all of our junk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and then yeah. here comes a book. Here comes, here comes a, a, a rightful institution that's going to retrain you and tell you a whole different way to live, a whole new reality. So we have to drop everything that we know and, and give unto God our whole selves. So we got to get over, get over ourselves too, Pastor. And I appreciate that word. I definitely appreciate <laughs> that word. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate your willingness to hear, brother. It's uh, 
It's a good thing that you're doing, man. And I'm going to have to take off, uh, get on this plane back to Raleigh. But listen, blessings to you and your ministry. Keep being bold. Keep standing up for the truth. And uh, I pray that uh, anybody who's listening will just, uh, you know, continue on and uh, let's not give up. And, and, and by the way, uh, just uh, uh, everybody's thinking about it. On May 8th, uh, it's going to be an important day for believers to uh, come out and vote to stand for the institution of marriage. This is not something a man made. God did this. And uh, and we have an opportunity to please God by saying, yes, marriage is a union of one man and one woman. God did this. I can't say, I, 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 I cannot go against what God has ordained. And so I just wanted to throw that in. And, uh, man, I appreciate what you're doing. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thanks for coming on, Pastor Milioni of the Open Door All Church, right. Raleigh, North Carolina. Have a safe fight and <laughs> safe Thank flight, you, excuse me, and be blessed. All right. God bless. So that was Pastor Milioni, Milioni, excuse me, folks, Open Door Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. You guys look it up, pay a visit, show them some love. Uh, May 8th, folks, don't forget, on May 8th, we have to come out and we have to vote for, F-O-R, we have to vote for the marriage amendment. Listen, I understand all the claims that everybody has. I understand the government shouldn't be in this, the government shouldn't be in that. Trust me, I get it. Constitution guy all the way. But listen, the government is in marriage. And besides that, this is an institution here of God Almighty that we happen to believe in. And this law is necessary to be amendment, amended. Excuse me. So we need to gather up, folks. You need to get out, get in your church, inform people. Let them know to not vote against the marriage amendment, but, but, amendment, but to vote for the marriage amendment. We need the citizens voting on this. We don't need the legislators voting on this for us. We need to come out. We need to come out in numbers, and we got to make it happen. Got to go to commercial, and we'll be right back, folks. When we come back, 10-minute prayer. 10-minute prayer, folks. 10 minutes. I want you to get your praying hats on. I want you saints of God together. Call your friends. Call your family up. Pastor Jerry Grimes is going to lead off that prayer for us. We'll be right back. You're rocking with the KIRP radio show. 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit us up online. KIRPRadioShow.com We're also on Twitter. At symbol KIRP radio show. You can hit me up on Twitter. At symbol NC Pudgy. That is me. We're also on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash KIRP radio show show itunes is the same we'll be right back in with the 10 minute prayer with pastor jerry grimes in just two minutes
Let our hospitality never fail to include our brothers and sisters and all that we do, whether they be in rest homes or in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Let no veil as thin as race or culture or class or creed deter us from living in obedience to you and walking in obedience to you, O Lord. Humble us that we will not ask you to take our side in one matter or another, but teach us how to take your side, O Lord. Amen. We lift our hearts to you. We seek to be more faithful, more obedient to you in our words and deeds, and we need you, O Lord. Dwell within us. Dwell within our households. Turn our homes into harbors from the coldness of this world. Yes. And for our brothers and sisters without homes, dwell within our hearts that we can use the same genius with which we build shuttles to travel throughout space to build shelters for men, women, and children here on earth. Shape us that our communities will reflect our communion with you. Hmm. Give us courage and a renewed heart that our nation will be a land that blesses your name as you have blessed us. Make us doers of your word, that others will see the love of Christ and our daily walk. Help us to move forward as better men, as better women, as better children. And dear Lord, write your word upon our hearts that we will walk with you in spirit and in truth. Give us the courage to speak from our hearts that we will talk for you in spirit and in truth. Touch our infirmities, O Lord. Touch every one of us and remove us from ourselves that only you will take up our minds and hearts. Lord, fill our hearts, our minds, our souls with all that you would have us to say and do. Remove from our minds and our bodies and our souls anything that is impure, every ache, every pain, every anxiety. Teach every one of us, O Lord, Teach us that there are more important things in this world than winning arguments. Teach us that there are more important things in this world than acquiring riches or possessions. More important things than acquiring money at the cost of those things that money cannot buy. Write your sermon on our hearts, O Lord. Write your sermon on the hearts of every young person who dares to defy peer pressure. Write your sermon on the hearts of mothers working two or three jobs to feed a family. Write your sermon on the hearts of fathers, seeking to not only set an example, but to be an example to their children. Write your sermon on the hearts of parents who pray. Write your sermon on the hearts of students who study. Write your sermon on the hearts of our leaders, that they will put aside nonsense for the sake of people in need. Mm. And build up the weary and the downtrodden, dear God. With gentleness, dear God, encourage all those who believe that days will never get better by showing them that there are better days ahead. Yes, Lord. But you are with us, Lord. And despite all appearances and despite even the difficult times, we are not forsaken. And finally, lift up Brother Alterit. Continue to work mightily in him and powerfully through him. Lord, we thank you for this brother who has had and continues to have the courage to make known his allegiance to you, O Lord. He has made his allegiance known to you in full view of the watching world. And Lord, we ask that you will guide him in all things and guard him from all harm. Thank you. Clear Jesus. his way that he may continue to do this good work. Anoint his family and clothe his family with power from on high. But Lord, do not send one angel to him. Dear Lord, please send a legion of angels Thank you, Jesus. to be with him. Lord, of every need spoken and unspoken, of every concern mentioned and unmentioned. Yes. We, your children, pray that your will 
shall be done in this age mm-hmm. and in the age to come. Yes, Please accept your servant's prayer on the behalf of your children. Amen. In the righteous name, in the perfect name, in the majestic name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, we want to thank you, Father. We want to thank you for all, Father, for all the things that you have always provided us with, Lord. Father, we want to come to you today, Lord, in, in, in perfect thanks, Lord, thanking you for common sense, Lord God. We want to thank you for the abilities, Lord, that we are, aren't that we aren't thankful for on a daily basis, God. Not for riches, God, but we want to thank you for feeling in our fingers, God. We want to thank you for understanding in our heads, God, for the mentality, Lord, to go out, Lord, and act, Lord God, to provide, to do the things that we know, Lord God, are faithful in your name, God. We want to thank you, Lord, for blessing us, Lord, for protecting us, Lord, for protecting our homes, Lord. But, Lord, we want to even more, God, we want to thank you for giving us the ability to protect ourselves, Lord. We want to thank you for giving us the platform, God, that we can have an individual relationship with you, God, without going through anyone, God. And we thank Jesus, Lord, in Jesus' name, God. We thank you for all the relationships, Lord, and the doors that you open, God. We want to thank you for just in everyday life, Lord God, the beauties and the everyday things that we experience, God. We thank you for a relationship of family, Lord God. We thank you for the sainthood, Lord God. We thank you for saints carrying together, Lord, coming together, Lord, and giving us the perfect experience and encouragement, God. We thank you for people who speak out in your name, God, who aren't afraid, Lord God, despite all things ridicule, Lord God. We want to thank you, Lord, for giving them the courage and the strength, Lord God. I thank you, God. This congregation, Lord, that listens to this show, thanks you, God. Pastor Grimes, thanks you, God. Father, we thank you for Jesus, Lord God. We thank you for Christ, Lord. We thank you for understanding, Lord God. We thank you for this community, this relationship that we've built, Lord God, that we could come together right here, Lord God, from our homes together through this show, God, through a phone, Lord God, through this internet, Lord God, or through any means of communication that we're using, God, to come together, Lord, and to exalt your name, God. We thank you for prayer, Lord God. We thank you for the understanding, Lord, that we know that we need to take care of our family, Lord, ourselves, Lord God, without depending on any agency, Lord God, without depending on the government, Lord God. We just want to thank you, Lord, for understanding and for truth, for wisdom, for encouragement, Lord God. We thank you for the small things that you, Lord, you do, Lord God. For the scripture says even the mustard seed, Lord God, a mustard seed of faith, Lord God, is greater than any sinner out there in this land, Lord God, that we call home on this earth that you build, Lord God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we assault your name, Lord God. Amen. 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 Pastor Grimes, I don't even know where I am right now. (laughs) But one thing that I can tell you for sure is that we're not playing any games anymore. Uh, If if we've been playing games in the first place, uh, right now, I think we're in, we're in a situation in this country where we have taken our eye off the ball, Pastor Grimes, and we're not doing what we know is right. And what's right is depending on God and putting our trust in the right place, which is with God Almighty, Pastor Grimes. If you would uh, uh, lend some words of encouragement to folks out there who don't quite understand, Lord, uh, who don't quite uh, uh, they just maybe they just don't get it, Lord God. Maybe the backslider, uh, uh, if you could if you could 
give some words of encouragement for the backslider, those of us who've made mistakes or continue to make mistakes and, and who are maybe afraid to come back to Christ, if you will, uh, Pastor Grimes? Well, I would say to them, and I'm not the first to say this. There have been others to say something similar, that first, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Mm. And I would encourage any of those who have been active in a community of faith and who have been discouraged Mm -hmm. not to let the institutionalism of religion discourage them from the incarnational presence of life with Jesus Christ. That the church is an organism. It is the living body. It's not an organization. And so I would encourage those who have been discouraged, as I know that unfortunately even within our churches there are politics, things of the world, find their ways into communities of faith, and that can be at times both discouraging and it can be um, exhausting. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we are given a gift and we are given the strength to walk into the midst of confusion and bring about clarity. And that is a gift that we're given from God. So I would encourage those who have been swayed or deterred um, not to be a part of a community of faith, to understand the importance of fellowship. And, of course, we know the scriptures tell us where two or three are gathered. I would tell anyone who's discouraged or who has slid back, don't be concerned with the size of a building. Be most concerned with the love of Christ being built on the cornerstone of the human heart. Mm-hmm. It would do us no good to quote scriptures and to be religious if we could not live out a life of obedience, which means loving, forgiving, understanding. And I would share with you, um, uh, finally, that I won't be long-winded, but um, the words of my mentor, um, mm-hmm. who has gone on to his reward, um, the Reverend Dr. Miles Jerome Jones. He was a professor of preaching at Virginia Union University for 30 years. He was the pastor of Providence Park Baptist Church in Richmond for 40 years, and quite often he would write um, proverbs during his devotional time. Mm -hmm. And he wrote one particular proverb that was especially designed for persons who were not in the church or not even in the faith. And what he said was this, and I quote, Do not define yourself by failure, and do not organize yourself around disappointment, but learn to like yourself, learn to forgive yourself, learn to love yourself, then share that love with others, end quote. So that's Dr. Jones, and um, I think his eloquence speaks um, far greater than mine could, and that's (laughs) certainly what I would tell anyone who is who is feeling downhearted and feeling discouraged. Mm. I think it's very important. You know, I said something in the opening of the show, and uh, I'll let you go here in a second, and and I'll take uh, coming up next, folks, is uh, Pastor Larry Phillips uh, from Mount Airy, North Carolina. But, uh, you know, as I was reverting to, 
uh, is something that I, I challenge everybody to do almost every show, uh, if not every show, definitely on speaking engagements. And, and when I interact with people is that we have to begin to open our mouths. Um, we got to start speaking to each other before we can start ministering to each other. Absolutely. And uh, we, we can never get in a situation or even in a comfortable space to the point where we can carry on a conversation if we don't yet say hello, you know, how are you? How you doing? Uh, even when it's uncomfortable, uh, we have to be outside of ourselves because what we're doing, it, it, you know what, this relationship with God and, and the institution for what we believe and where we stand and the truth that we stand on doesn't constitute a conceited person. As uh, Pastor Milioni said, you got to get over yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I just I encourage everyone out there to uh, to start speaking to people you don't know. You know, say hello. I, I know we're in a dangerous time, folks, but it, it, this in this life, it's always been a dangerous time for a child of God. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, no no weapon formed against God. Uh, thanks, Pastor Grimes. Thanks for coming through. Yes, and to that, um, I will give you one last quote. It's a very famous one from St. Francis of Assisi, and he says this, Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty profound. That's, that's very complex but simple enough to understand. Absolutely. And, again, thank you for inviting me, and I just pray that God will continue to to strengthen you and um, anything that that I can do, anything that my church family can do, anything that that my immediate family or even extended family can do, you know that um, we are here for you, and certainly we're all praying for you. Um, as promised, my congregation also has lifted you up in prayer and your family up in prayer. So we thank God for what you're doing. Thank you, uh, Pastor Grimes, and, and like I said before, you have a home here. You know, I've I've adopted you as a pastor a long time ago. So <laughs> it is what it is. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out um, You're listening to the KRRP radio show folks We'll be right back with uh, You know actually we're going to go right into it man. We're going to go right into Pastor Larry Phillips We're not going to take a commercial We can do that later Who cares about time right Pastor Phillips how you doing <laughs> sir <laughs> Hey Budgie how are you my brother I'm, I'm, I'm blessed man I'm Playing phone tag with you a little bit earlier But you know that's how yes, we do Yes sir Yes sir Well let me let me say by Just echoing the previous pastor That um, it's my privilege to be with you tonight uh, What a What a just a precious hour For the community of faith I Yes mean, sir um, You know man how, how much this is needed And and what a critical time In America That it's needed That uh, for God's people Not only to understand The seriousness of the hour Which I think most do But uh, That uh, we need to be on our face Looking to a holy God you know, our answer is not coming off Air Force One, mm. regardless of the person put on it. Our answer is coming mm. from the throne, you know, and uh, we've got to get that clear. Because if we miss that, then we're going to think that solving our nation's problems, they're, they're um, you know, it, it's all about a political process. Mm-hmm. But I think the previous speakers have, have done just an excellent job in pointing out that, you know, it, it's about God. It, it begins with our fundamental relationship with Christ. And um you know, and I love what the what the scripture says, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. You know, and I and I'm reminded of that that it's enough to be like Jesus. Yes, and I may not be enough for my community, it may not be enough at times for my congregation, but to 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 have that as our passion, as our goal in life, to be like Christ, 
to follow him, to to understand his word, to let his word get in us and and develop his uh, you know a, a Judeo Christian worldview. It's so essential to living in, in the area in which we're, the time in which we're living. Hmm. We having church tonight, folks. If you're listening to the KIRP Radio Show, we are having church tonight, and I love it. Pastor Phillips, let me let me uh, let me just get right into it, man, because I, I don't I don't hold many punches, sir. I pretty much say what what comes up comes out, and, and thank God I'm pure apart. And uh, you okay. know I. I have a sharp tongue sometimes, you know, I'm working on it. Pray for me, folks. Y'all pray for me as I pray for you and as I pray for myself. You know, I'm being serious because, you know, people, it seems like today people are, you know, there's no other way to put it straight out ridiculous in their thought and the stuff that they spit out of their mouths. And if you don't understand that everything that we encounter today, uh, it publicly it seems to be an attack on God. I don't know what people are looking at. And and it seems that a lot of people act as if children of God aren't supposed to say anything because we're imposing our views. We're imposing our religion on people. And the first thing I say is, well, th- you need to come get some. That's why I am imposing my religion on you because you need it. You know? You know? And, right. um, well, you know, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, don't go ahead, brother. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, well, no, that that was just my question uh, uh, in, in, in form of a comment, I guess, is that, you know, how do you feel about what we're seeing today and why are saints of God so quiet? It seems like we stand on so much of this mess and we get so caught up, po- po- politically speaking now, we get so caught up in public policy and things of the past like tradition that we don't stand on the ground that we know are true, that we don't need a confirmation on because the confirmation is in the blood. Right. I think it's a discipleship issue, and let, let me explain that. There would no one object to a pastor teaching good stewardship principles, teaching good money management. Here's what Christ says. Here's what the Scripture teaches about managing your finances. We call that stewardship. There's no one would object to a pastor teaching about sound doctrine, how know what you believe, know how to defend it, know how to engage it in the marketplace like you're doing tonight. But when it comes to something that has been thrown into the arena of politics and it becomes controversial, we we don't back up as believers and say, wait a minute, what does God's word say about that? You know, Jesus said in the Great Commission is twofold. We do the evangelism, but then he said teaching them to observe all things, mm-hmm. all things. And that means if, if God has a view on government, I need to know what that is. I need to understand that because I can't function in this world uh, if I don't know God's direction, if I don't know his heart, if I don't know his mind, if I don't understand the principles of his word and what God expects out of good government. And our founders understood that. If you go back and read um, the Federalist number 51, Madison said, but what is government itself but a greatest, but the greatest of all reflections on human nature? Sure. So our government's messed up. Madison said, you know, it's just a reflection, guys, of who you are. He said, if men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither would external or internal controls on governments would be necessary. So our founders understood that, look, government is not the solution. The best good government can hope for is to recognize good and restrain evil. But good and evil are moral terms. They require moral judgment. And if God's people just step back from that process and say, well, you know, we're going to let whoever, be it the Hollywood, the leftist, or whoever, define what morality should be in this country, and we're not going to exercise the the liberties and the freedoms that God has given us, 
then uh, we have no one to blame for the, the vacuum of moral integrity in this country but God's people itself. And I think it starts in the pulpit. I think pastors have to fear something more than losing a paycheck and losing a job. They have to fear damage to their walk with Christ. And, brother, if God's men don't take to the pulpits and in a, with a loving, broken heart, but say, folks, this is what thus saith the Lord. This is what God says. And, you know, the, the pastor mentioned the marriage amendment in North Carolina coming up May the 8th. A simple premise of this, if I believe there's a God, then that God, by just definition, would have to be the supreme being of all beings. And that means there's a theological term called omniscience. He's all-knowing. That means when God designed the family, he was able to look down through the generations, Pudgy, and say, you know, here's the best institution. Here's yes, what's going to work best for men and women and little children. And, and, and don't change my plan. He said, don't commit adultery. No sex outside of marriage. Don't change my plan. Here's what's going to work best. And so if, if I understand that, if I understand that, that Romans 13 outlines about six or seven basic principles for government, and I, and I take this and say, look, this isn't about a political position. This is a discipleship issue. Folks, you've got to know this if you're going to live in the 21st century and you're going to function as God's people. Because if you don't, then one day you're going to have the government, and we're already seeing that, you know, this, this continual overreach and attack upon religious liberties and freedoms. So while we have the opportunity and while we are blessed with the freedoms, and, and you think about it, just what a blessing it is to be an American. Of all the places the good Lord could have let me been born, I got to be born in a country where God could save me. I was, I was free to hear the gospel, Amen. free to give my heart to Christ, you know, free to worship him, uh, free to have church twice today. I mean, you know, think about the freedom. That's not true in the Soviet Union. That's, that was not true. That's not true tonight in China. That's right. You know, in Marxist communist country. So we have something special. But I think we fumbled the ball, that we've allowed people to convince us that when we're speaking on issues of government or issues that have become political, that, you know, we it's not a discipleship issue. And mm. that's one of the things we're doing five weeks at our church, on, and it's entitled Push Back the Darkness. And it's bringing in men that say, no, wait a minute. You know, this, this is what God's Word says. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that's the short answer to it, you know, but uh, if, if God's people will return to his word and just say, you know, we, we may not win the battle. I mean, we might lose. We might get outvoted May, uh, May the 8th. We may, it may, the amendment may go down. But you know what? It should go down with, with the, over the objections of every one of God's people in North Carolina. I know that's right. We may lose the battle, but we're going to win the war, brother. Well, I've, let, I've read the last chapter of the book. We win. Christ wins. He's King of kings and Lord of lords, and I don't need to forget that. I don't need to forget that he's the sovereign God of this universe, that he I, is my life, my passion, my glory. He's my hope. You know, everything I, I have is because of him, and everything I look forward to is due to him. I think it's I, important I that we all remember that. Brother. No, it's, it's no problem because this is a very emotional thing. This is a real thing. Pastor Phillips, this this is not a game. This is not something that we're doing just for a, 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 a popularity contest or just for a vote no, or, or this, that, and the third. I mean, this this is real, man, and, and this resonates in the lives of all of us today. I mean, we really have to pay attention to what's going on and keep our eye on the ball. And if we don't have an individual relationship with God and carry out this message to each other to encourage each other at least, you know, we're going to lose, Not you know, not only in the vote for a marriage amendment, but in all things, you know. 
So we have to we have to be strong with our message. We have to carry out this message. We have to uh, 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 witness to each other about the things that we know to be true. And, and you know, we got to encourage each other, man. That's, that's a very important thing. And, and, you know, like I always say, we got to open our mouths and we have to speak. And then we have to sit back and listen to what someone else brings to the table. And we can touch and agree on that. Let's take a call, Pastor Phyllis, while I got you on with me. Let, let's take a call okay. here. Let's get uh, let's get Dan Forrest on the line. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Budgie. How are you? I'm beautiful. Caught you off guard, and, and uh, I hope you're having a good night. I'm having a great night. I've been listening to your show as I've been traveling across eastern North Carolina, and thanks to Internet Radio, I can pick you up just about anywhere I want to go now. I like that. I like that. So everybody out there should be able to pick us up pretty clear, and uh, I think it's a beautiful thing that folks can just t- turn on their computer or just dial a number on their phone and be rocking with us, you know? That's exactly right. I want to just thank you for the 10 minutes of impact tonight, and uh, know that we have a great election coming up and that we are certainly at a tipping point in America. And uh, this election that's coming up will determine whether we save the great American experiment or whether we tip over into socialism or worse. And and we all know uh, the premise of which our country was founded upon, the, the biblical worldview which our country was founded upon, and it's time to return that. Absolutely. And, and you know what, contrary to that, uh, you know, I encourage people that, that are more pe- more people like yourself uh, that could get in the arena and actually still carry out God's message in their campaign. I mean, that's a very, I, I think that's a very uh, brave thing to do, you know, con- considering all the things that you have to encounter and all the places you go and people just don't believe what they used to believe, uh, Mr. Forrest. <laughs> well, they don't, Budgie, but, you know, our job is to be obedient to God and to do the things that we would do uh, in life, even if we weren't in politics. And so we, we want to walk in obedience in the end. We want the Lord to say, "Good and faith, uh, well done, good and faithful servant." And uh, we know that there may be some tough times ahead, but but that's what we have to do, and that's what we're doing. You know, there's uh, uh, America was founded uh, on a biblical worldview uh, basis, and we've had a number of great um, revivals and awakenings in our country. And the first one started in the 1750s, and and then we had another one every 50 or 60 years in America. Up until uh, 1905 was the last one, and we should have had one in the 60s, but America took a great turn in the 60s and decided that they wanted to take a different course and, and we wanted to turn our back on God. And so uh, it is time again now. That next 50, 60 years has passed by. It's time for another revival in our country, and um, that's what we need to be praying for. Wow. Amen, Amen on that. I'm with you, Pastor Phyllis. Amen on that. We got Dan Foster here preaching, everybody. <laughs> I tell you, Dan, how are you? I'm doing good, Larry. How are you? I'm doing great, my brother. Doing great. We, we're rooting for you. We're praying for you. And I can't tell you what a blessing you were when you came and spoke to our congregation, Dan. We um, we just, we your worldview, your commitment to Christ, understanding the spiritual history of America, the spiritual history of this state, and a, a commitment to that, to those fundamental founding principles. I mean, we, you know, we're in the 21st century. We don't have to reinvent. We just need to return, you know, to return to what the founders gave us. They they had their minds around some doggone pretty powerful principles, you know, and rooted in the principles of Scripture. And if we just return to that and, and seek men and women and ask God to raise them up and put them in office and then do our part to vote for them, to pray for them, to support them, um, I think we can. I think we can see this country come back. Um, I really do. 
Absolutely. Well, listen. I agree with you, Larry. Um, Dan, let me ask you, uh, you know, really quick, and I'll let you go. I, we're going to run over on time, folks, so keep tuning in. I mean, we've got time. We we, we pay for it, so we got it. But uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> How is campaigning going uh, across North Carolina right now? You know, what, what's the feel like with your campaign? And I know this is a totally different show, but I, I have to ask because I'm concerned. Well, I think it's going great, Pudgy. You know, we, uh, as you and I have talked before, we, we've – established a grassroots campaign. We reached out to people in North Carolina, and we decided to take a little bit different path than what normal uh, political wisdom would tell you, and we said we're going to take our campaign to the people, and that's what we've been doing. We're spending the last, we have uh, about 21 days left, but about 20 days ago we got on the road, and we've been, uh, you, know, we, you know, we've traveled well over 100,000 miles meeting the folks, but we've, we, have, uh, we have our RV on the road. We're down east right now. Mm-hmm. And we're hitting three or four counties a day, just meeting folks and listening to them and telling them what we believe and hearing what they believe. And we believe that's what people want these days. They want to meet their folks that are going to be representing them. They want to vet them, and you know they want to get to know them. And that's what we're allowing people to do. To do. So on May 8th, we'll see whether uh, grassroots politics can win or whether you have to win with uh, throwing a lot of money at politics. Wow. Well, I can tell you that you're doing a great job. There's a lot of folks out here excited. There's a lot of people talking. I, I've been seeing Dan Forrest run, Forrest run, campaign flyers all over the place. And, uh, you know, hey, it's, that's a beautiful thing because, that, like you said, you took it to the people. You know, it's not something where, you you know, you have a million billboards all over the place and people are going to vote just because they saw your name. I think people are going to vote because they met the guy who explained to them what a lieutenant governor is in North Carolina, which a lot of folks had no clue, did not know. So, uh, hey, man, I you know, I wish you all the best of luck and you have all the prayers already. And so luck is not needed, I suppose, but we're going to we're going to throw it out there to you anyway. And whatever else you need, we're here for you. And uh, 1,000% support for you, sir. Well, thank you, Pudgy. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having my good friend Larry on and my dear friend Dwayne Milioni from Raleigh as well. And I thank you for what you're doing out there. And we appreciate your prayers, and we'll be praying for you too. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, hold on. You can't go yet because this is a shout-out show, man. And and I'm sorry. You got to give a shout-out before you go to somebody. (laughs) A shout-out to somebody? Oh, my goodness, Pudgy. Where do I begin, man? (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> oh my goodness! Let's see. Uh, I want to give a I want to give a shout out to uh, the Bingston family uh, in uh, back in uh, Davidson right now. The Bingston family is a great blessing to our campaign. I want to give a shout out to them. I want to give a shout out to my uh, campaign manager Hal Weatherman, who is sacrificing a great career to. Uh, help us and to walk alongside us and a shout out to all the uh, grassroots organizers and volunteers around North Carolina who are just devoting just countless selfless hours uh, to our campaign and to the cause of trying to save this country, my brother. And a shout out to Pudgy Miller. Yeah. Love it. I appreciate you, brother. Take care and we'll be in touch. All right, my brother. Take care now. I appreciate Dan. You're listening to the KIRP radio show, 619-638-8559. We ain't going nowhere. It's me and Pastor Phillips. Pastor Phillips, you good? I'm good, brother. I'm All right, good. we're going to keep rocking. Let's take another call. We're going to the 718, last three, 174. 718, area code, last three is 174. We ain't screening, baby. You on the air with Pudgy. Hello? 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 
I guess it's just me and you. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to the next person. Going to the three three six. Last three digits zero one nine. You're on the air with Pudgy and Pastor Phillips. Let's go. Hi, Pudgy. Tim Daughtry, how are you? Tim, my man. I'm beautiful. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. I've just really been enjoying the show and enjoying your conversation with Pastor Phillips. And and Dan Forrest uh, is an outstanding man. I have uh, met him a few times now on the campaign trail, and uh, I just don't think we could do better. Amen. I I, I think we got somebody magnificent. I didn't know if you were finished there. I'm sorry. I think we got somebody magnificent here. And and we have a good chance to elect somebody magnificent that we know is going to do the right job because we've seen he's told us what what the you know what his position is. No one's done that before in that detail. He's traveled across the state. Listen, I'm all for the guy, man. I'm I'm if you played poker before, I'm all in. For well, you know, he talks about uh, the Great Awakening too, and and that's uh, it's an interesting thing to me because uh, as as you may know, my business partner and I just finished a book. Uh, that's just been published called Waking the Sleeping Giant, and it's about the grassroots movement that's going on in this country uh, because really going back since the 60s and beyond, uh, people who who believe in the Judeo-Christian worldview have been told that we really don't belong in the public world. We've been told, uh, you know, it's fine for us to have our religion, but keep our religion to ourselves and and we've gotten cowed. We've gotten pushed into a corner, I think. We've gotten to the point that we've accepted the myth that somehow government is separate from our religious beliefs, and that's never been the case in this country. This country is built on a Judeo-Christian worldview. In fact, our in, the, the very notion of individual responsibility and freedom comes out of a Judeo-Christian worldview. When we let go of that worldview, we have no basis to argue for our freedom or, or for our rights. Tim, let me ask you this, brother. Let me amen that first, because I definitely want to co-sign that. But listen, the last time someone told uh, Jesus that, he went to the temple and started flipping tables over. I mean, he flipped out. <laughs> he let him know, listen, you're going to have to deal with this. So so why why in the world... With the with the let, let me just put it in uh, in common man's term in common sense terms, why would we act like we're afraid of what someone else can do when our leader, the ultimate, has shown us we don't have to fear them? Why are we so silent about what we know is right today? I think we have reached the point in this country that sometimes what we have heard from the pulpit and sometimes what we hear in religious teaching has gotten to the point as an earlier. Our earlier pastor was talking about sometimes we get our ears tickled instead of hearing the truth. Mm. And and I think a lot of that is, is fear. A lot of that is has been that the other side has really pushed the idea uh, that there's something wrong with us, that we're somehow not sophisticated, that we're somehow uh, backward. Uh, the whole trend that's that's called secularism, and I don't think that's a good word for it, Pudgy. I think secularism, you know, you hear, uh, you know, the Christian worldview versus the secular worldview. When you really think about it, uh, everybody is religious. The only question is what we worship, because everybody Amen. looks up in the sky at night, and you see billions and billions of stars, and you have to answer the question, where did those come from? And there's really only two answers. They were either created or they happened by accident. And the more you look at the evidence 
and I'm talking about scientific evidence here. I'm here. I'm talking about uh, the evidence from intelligent design. The more you look at the evidence, it it, it becomes implausible. It becomes mind-numbing to try to believe that all this happened by accident. And even so, in spite of all that, Christians have been told uh, from from the news media, from the mm-hmm. entertainment system, from the culture, uh, that our worldview is somehow backwards and and backwards and and not sophisticated. And I think we've listened to that lie for too long. Yeah. Secularism really, what we call secularism, is not really secular. It is the second oldest religion in the world. It is the promise in the Garden of Eden that you shall be as God. And so I think we have to realize in this country and where the awakening is going to come from is when we realize that the choice, nothing, is, nothing new is going on here. This is the oldest struggle in the, in the history of mankind. Are we going to do our will or are we going to do God's will? It is that simple. That's the, that's the choice facing this country right now. It's the, it's the choice facing North Carolina right now. And I think Christians just need to get over this idea that somehow our, our Christian worldview doesn't belong in the public view. It does. Mm. Wow. Amen. On the air with Tim Daltrey Tim, and Pastor Larry Phillips. Go ahead, Pastor Phillips. You got it. Tim, can I ask you a question? And, and, and maybe it's just, it's just my per- perception, but, you know, when, you, when you're a Christian and you're, you're arguing in the marketplace of ideals and you argue from Scripture upon uh, morality – it, it seems like the left's real quick to say, no, 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 no. You, you guys are objecting, you know, you're interjecting your morality on that. Yet, if you go back in history, when Martin Luther King argued for civil rights out of the book of Exodus, no one oh, no. said, Dr. King, you can't do that. You know, you're using scripture. You you can't do that. Why is it today, Tim, that it, it seems like the left is really, I mean, if, if, if someone who identifies himself as a follower of Christ or they're right-leaning in their political views, they will just get lamb-blasted if they quote a verse of Scripture. I think you have just hit one of the most fundamental things that's going on in this country that we need to call. We need to call it out in the open and point to it. The people that tell us that we need to keep our religion to ourselves, that you shouldn't quote Scripture, uh, that we need to keep our religious beliefs to ourselves, when you really listen to them, their language is full of of value judgments and moral judgments about good and evil. And in fact, they're basically saying that you're wrong to quote Scripture. Well, what basis do they have to say that it's wrong for us to quote Scripture? If they if they deny the Judeo-Christian worldview, if they deny the idea that there is some power out there greater than them, then how can they make a moral judgment about anything? How can mm-hmm. they say that racism is wrong? How can they say that we should help the poor? Uh, how how can they make any of the moral statements? Because really, they're making a moral claim when they say you should keep your religion out of politics. Should is a moral statement. Should is a value judgment. When you really get down to it, Pastor, and when you really get down to it, Pudgy, that whenever you hear folks making secular arguments, they make very powerful religious claims. They just don't call them religious. And I think it gets down to that ultimate choice. Who is the source of your authority? Where do you get your authority to say that we should do this or we should not do that? Christians very comfortably say we get our moral authority from the teaching of God and the Bible. But where do the other folks, where does the secularist get their moral authority to say that we should do anything or shouldn't do anything? 
And instead of backing away from that argument, I think we need to stand our ground and ask them that question. Does let me let me also ask you this, Tim? Does people uh, do people understand what uh, individuals on the right mean by faith vote? I don't think they do. I I think uh, people have this this confused idea that religion somehow belongs in the private world uh, and that everything we do in public shouldn't be based on faith. When you really look at it, everyone has faith. It's like I was saying earlier. You look up in the night sky or you look at a a newborn baby, Mm -hmm. and you've got to answer a question. How did that happen? Did it happen by accident, which is what the secular worldview teaches, or was there uh, was there an intelligent force behind that? And and we very often hear this notion that faith is something that belongs to religion, and secularism is somehow based on objective, scientific, uh, provable things. That is not true. Everyone has faith. Every scientist in the world has has studied. Uh, nature. Some scientists have studied nature to the point that they actually become convinced that there has to be a God. They see such complexity, such majesty, such wonder that they cannot believe anymore that that, and a lot of them started out as atheists, but they cannot believe anymore that all of that happened by accident. Very often what you'll hear them say is, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And so I think one of the things we need to understand about faith is that everyone has faith. The only question is where we put our faith. Do we put mm. faith in God or do we put faith in ourselves? It's the oldest it's the oldest struggle in the Bible. It goes all the way back to uh the challenge from Satan that you shall be as God. Wow. That's a whole lot to swallow and that that's a lot of uh that's a lot of note taking right there for some folks out there, but for me it's first person, so you know, you know, I got it. I got it pretty good. Hey, Tim, um, you know, let me just retract a little bit because I I probably led the conversation a little too political for what we came together for this show to be. But, you know, they actually go hand in hand. So I'm sorry for all the folks that didn't appreciate that. But, you know, it needed to be said. And and God bless you. Um, In society alone today, just walking around, let's say just taking a trip to the supermarket. um, Is it is it? Do you see people interacting with each other? Because here's here's why I asked that. You know, I, like I said before, I, I talked to a gentleman and we were talking about boxes. It seems like people, uh, we have these comfort zones that we're in and we won't interact with each other uh, until something happened tragically. Like, you know, when 9-11 happened, all of a sudden the, the nation was together. And I, I had people asking me, you know, aren't you going to wear this, uh, this pin, this ribbon? I said, well, I, I've never been divided i've always been together but hey give me the pen i'll wear it anyway in support of you know what you guys are pushing i'm cool with that so i I ask you that because i i often walk past people all day and it's just me but i speak to everybody that i pass so i don't get spoken to a lot (laughs) 
people some people look at me and they just keep it moving, man. They they won't say a word to me, won't throw their hand up, or will turn their head. Sometimes they'll look you right in their eye and keep it going. And it's not a black and white thing because I've evaluated people. I, I've sat in my car or sat in the parking lot and I've just looked at other people. And it seems that no one is interacting with each other. No one is speaking to each other. So what is the real problem on what's uh, for for what you see it or how you see it that's going on in America? I think it's interaction. But but what's your thought on that? I think it is interaction, and I think what drives that is ultimately a fear. And by the way, I, I agree with you. This this really isn't political. I think the political discussion uh, is just the surface of a much deeper question that we're facing in America. What we're sure. facing is questions about what really, where did we come from? There's, I think there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of disagreement about that. But the answer to that question tells us what's right and wrong and what we should do with our time and what we should do when we're dealing with other people. When there's confusion about that, when there's confusion about who we are, where we came from, and what we should do while we're here, mm-hmm. then that's going to be reflected in our day-to-day interactions. Uh, a, a pastor that I have learned a tremendous amount from uh, constantly points out to me that he said, you, you can walk down the street and you should be able to spot a Christian by the look on their face. Amen. Uh, if, if there is love in their heart, if, there's, if they have, have the connection with Christ, their attitude toward walking down the street, their attitude toward the people that they meet should be reflected in the way they act moment by moment. And I think you've just raised a very important point there uh, about that connection. And uh, when you see the lack of that connection, I think that's a reflection of of, of a struggle at a deeper spiritual level. Hmm. Very Jim, good. Do you, do, you think so, do you think sometimes that Christian, the Christians themselves are maybe, um, you know, they're maybe sometimes a little initially taken back by a comment that someone may make, you know, they, they've, there's all these labels and cliches and, mm-hmm. you know, no one wants to be perceived as a narrow-minded, intolerant bigot, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, all, and that's putting it kindly, you know, is, what right? I've been called. But, but anyway, you, you think maybe sometimes that they just lack the technique of knowing how to engage in a conversation and how to, how to connect mm-hmm. with somebody in, in a meaningful way. Well, I think they do, and I think that's the point that I was was uh, was was laboring to make earlier. Uh, that when you hear language like "well, you shouldn't be intolerant" or "you shouldn't be narrow-minded," mm-hmm. uh, people who make those statements are in a way struggling to be moral because they are referring to some moral code when they say you shouldn't impose your values or you should be more tolerant. So in their own world, they are trying to find some moral reference point. The only problem is that in, when a worldview has rejected God, when a worldview says uh, there's no God or I don't believe there's a God, uh, then there really is no foundation for, for making moral statements. And we as Christians, I think, need to realize that, that we sometimes, I think, sometimes get taken in by the, the the false morality of those accusations, I think it causes us to question ourselves: uh, Am I being tolerant enough, or should I impose my values? And and I think we sometimes need to see through those and realize: Wait a minute, we're not talking about whether to have values or not, or whether we're going to have values in our public discussions. What we're talking about is which set of values. Everybody is so referring I- to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I was just going to say. So if I understand that, then as a believer, when I'm when I'm conversing with someone and talking with someone, I'm able to look behind the veil. I'm able to to look beyond the the rhetoric and look look to the person and realize that there's a struggle going on within them. And it, instead of just responding back, maybe in in my cliche answer or my quick pro quo answer. I'm able to, to, to identify with a person and say, you know, what, what I'm hearing is a struggle. What I'm hearing is a desire. You know, what I'm, what I'm hearing is an individual that's seeking for a true compass, a moral compass with a true north. And Absolutely. that enables me to minister to them, you know. Absolutely, and it helps them sometimes. There, there are those, I think, that are so hardened uh, that they're extremely difficult for us uh, to reach. There are a lot of people that I think that are genuinely struggling. Sure. And yeah. so a lot of yes. them, when they say things like, well, uh, what bothers me about Christianity is that it's so intolerant, they're saying that intolerance is bad. So they're admitting that something is bad. Sometimes if we simply follow their logic and help them to follow their logic, they can begin to see their own struggle because we can simply ask them, uh, well, tell me more about that. Tell me why you think intolerance is bad. Christians can tell you why why we're not supposed to judge other people. Now, that doesn't mean we can't have discernment, and that's another one. That's a whole other discussion right there. You know, as we're told not to be judgmental, well, Christians know we can't be judgmental. It's not up to us to judge someone else's ultimate fate, but we are expected to discern. But so, so we know why we believe we're not supposed to be judgmental. But when, when someone who is coming from a secular worldview, when they say, well, you really shouldn't be intolerant, one of the things we can do is say, tell me more about that. Tell me what it is about intolerance. Why is intolerance bad? Because that helps them try to figure out, well, what North Star am I looking at? What standard am I looking at to say that intolerance is bad? Wow. You know what? There's a lot of people somewhere out there sitting and wondering, you know, where have these guys been all of my life? <laughs> I know it's got to be people out there wondering, you know, where's my encouragement coming from? I, I mean, seriously, when I when I leave the church, because man, I interact with a lot of people from a lot of walks of lives, and sometimes I feel alone out here, guys. Let me tell you, and uh, you know, I won't. I won't refute my belief in Christ for nobody. You know, it is what it is. You can like it or you cannot like it. But one thing about it, I'm a believer in Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and there's no if ands or buts about it. So we can, uh, you can disagree with what I believe if you like. But you know, hey, we gotta encourage each other. We, like I said before, we have to open our mouths. We have to talk to each other. We have to interact with each other so we can let like-minded individuals know, hey, you're not alone out here. You know, you have people believing just like you believe, and what we believe is true. So, you know, that's another side of that interaction that I just don't see as much anymore. When I was a kid, I saw it a lot. You know, it was nothing to walk down the street, at least here in North Carolina, it was nothing to walk down the street and see two people praying for each other. You know? I can't tell you that I've seen that in the last 10, 15 years. Just haven't. I'll tell you where where you'll see it more, perhaps, is that if you go as a pastor, I visit um, um, hospitals, and you go in waiting rooms where there's terminal illness and families are together, uh, the pain and suffering uh, of those family members has, has created a community in that waiting room that just defies words. I mean, you, you, it doesn't matter 
race, politics, it doesn't matter background, you have people caring for each other, sharing snacks, uh, making sure someone's got a cup of coffee, uh, um, you know, kindness, compassion being mm-hmm. shown. And I see that, and I think, you know, if if the church can can get out and engage the culture in a conversation and um, and say, you know, no, now, and by that, I don't mean compromising our convictions, surrendering uh, the moral authority of Scripture, but mm-hmm. can get out and have a conversation with the community and say, you know, we understand that there's hurts. And I, I was like that. You know, I, I came to Christ at 21 years of age. Before then, <laughs> my life was messed up. You know, mm-hmm. my moral compass spin con- uh, continually, Pudgy. I, I mean, you know, I had no sense of purpose and direction in my life, even though I thought I did. But mm-hmm. I thank God for the people that he brought around my life that, that prayed for me, that loved me, that uh, was patient with me, that took the time to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for my sins, he was buried, and he rose the third day that I might have everlasting life. See, and those were people that weren't scared. Hey, it is what it is. That's I it. just got to- just had to put that out there. Hey, we have to you go to it. a commercial now at this point. Uh, you guys can stay on or, or, you know, you can go. But when we come back, we're going to take a few more calls. Tim, thanks for calling, my brother. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Hey, you got to give a shout-out before you go, though. That's just what we do. I'm going to hold you hostage if not. I want to also give a shout-out to the Bingston family. They have been a true inspiration for me, and uh, they're the ones that Dan Forrest was talking about, and uh, just uh, terrific Christians and just wonderful Americans. Beautiful people, huh? I love them, man. They produce this show. At least we're going to give them producer credit because they help it make it possible. <laughs> shout-out to the Bingston family. Shout-out to Tim Daughtry. Thanks for coming through, Tim. Larry Cope, I'm sorry, Pastor Phillips, you still rocking with me? I'm still with you, brother. Still rocking with me. We got to go to commercial, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to the KIRP radio show, the number one black conservative show online, southeastern United States. Over 3 million contributors, over 300,000 listeners on a regular basis. We are blessed. The battle was not yours, folks. We'll be right back. 619-638-8559. If you got a comment, hit number one. You can also listen to us on um, you can also listen to us by our website. I got people in the studio acting crazy. Uh, KIRPRadioShow.com. We're also on iTunes for all you iPhone listeners out there, all you iPhone users out there. Like I said, the battle is not yours. This is Yolanda Adams. We'll be right back after these commercials. North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. 
2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336 2146427 again that's Wayne Prophet that's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques 3362146427 and if you get a hold of Wayne guess what he'll come to you free of charge and if you can't get to him at that number make sure you dial this other number 3366754897 and don't forget Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says don't forget the reason for the season Are you a high school senior in a public high school in Durham County, North Carolina, or Orange County, North Carolina, and you're headed to a historically black college or university? Or are you a high school senior in Iredell County, North Carolina, and you're headed to Catawba Community College? If you meet any of these three qualifications, go to emmascholarship.org. Find out how you can get your free money for college today. E-M-M-A scholarship.org. Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. Appreciate everybody out there, man. You guys are B-I-G, capital B, capital I, capital G. Really appreciate you guys for listening in on us tonight. 
participating with us tonight and all you guys has been calling in. We are trying to get to calls as fast as we can. But you know what? My producer, something's wrong with his hands, and he can't seem to move very fast. He's trying to take notes about what we're talking about here on the show. But it's all good. We're going to work through it. And uh, you guys are definitely a little blessing for coming on the show. The KRP Radio Show, the number one black conservative show online, southeastern United States. This is how we do it right here every Sunday, folks, at 8 p.m., normally from 8 to 10. But sometimes we go past that because, you know, it, the spirit moves us. We got to do what we got to do. I want to take this time to give a shout out to the Frederick Douglass Foundation of North Carolina. Shout out to the Presidente, the El Presidente, my brother Kevin Daniels, always holding it down, traveling here and fro, near and fro, across the state, all over the place. He does what it takes to get the job done, and this is definitely a devout man of God, always holding it down, showing my love to my brother Kevin Daniels, and also a B.I.G. shout out to Tim, uh, I'm sorry, Tim Johnson, uh, the the national president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and Dean Nelson, also uh, a very profound pro-rights activist, pro-life activist, I'm sorry, um, in the nation. So shout out to those in Individuals, and we definitely want to exalt you guys, and we appreciate what you do. God's blessings out to you, and we thank you. Please continue on to do what you do. I'm on the air with my man, my brother, Pastor Larry Phillips, Mount Airy, North Carolina. He's holding it down with me, and we're going to take a few more calls. Pastor Phillips, you ready? I'm ready, brother. I'm glad right. you are, because my voice is gone. Going to the, going to the 917, last four digits, 4235. You are on the air with Pudgy. How are you? How you doing, my brother? This is uh, Chaplain Viviana. How's hey, it going? Hey, shout out to the chaplain. Shout out to the chaplain. You know what, everybody? This is a very beautiful lady right here. Let me let me tell this story real quick. Real, I'm just going to be really quick. This lady, we were lost in D.C. <laughs> doing God's work, of course. We're lost in D.C. So she says, pull over. I'm going to go ask the, the, the man, the, the police, for directions. So she walks up to the guy. This guy's got his hand on his gun, right? And if you know Chaplain Viviana, she's the most soft-spoken, <laughs> nicest. I, I'm, I don't know if she started praying for the man or not, but, man, this man had a frown on his face. I mean, he was mad. It was hot, and the marathon was going on. He didn't want to be working, and he didn't want to answer no questions. But you know what? We got directions. <laughs> he had a big smile on his face when he left. So that's just a, that's just an example of who Chaplain Viviana is, man. Everybody, she does not meet any strangers. Everybody she encounters, she encourages. She, from the very first time I met her, she encouraged me, and and she just she has a warm place about her when you're around her. So God bless you, Chaplain Viviana. How are you? Mm, I'm so excited. All glory to God, and I'm telling you, Pudgy, what you have, uh, what the Lord has opened uh, through the radio show, is dynamic because those that are listening are getting such rich. Ideas and teaching I've been listening since the beginning of the show um, You asked me to be ready to um, pray yes, So I'm wondering, do we do prayer part two? Or Let's pray right now, let's get do, it my brother? Let's do it, okay. hey, hey look, it's, There's never a wrong time to pray So, hey, y'all bow your hands, I'm ready to go You ready to go? Let's do it <laughs> Amen Praise the Lord Father God, as a country, oh Lord We repent before you for pushing you out of schools, no more Ten Commandments, our marketplaces, Lord God, our marriages, the courts, the government and media. Father, we don't even honor the Sabbath rest, either on Saturday or Sunday. Father, forgive us. Mm -hmm. Lord God, forgive us for trusting in man, the arm of flesh, rather than focusing and leaning on you and depending on you, Lord God. 
Father, that you would cause us to understand that character, work ethic, and integrity, that we must have a sense of responsibility to who you are in our lives. Father, please help us to stand and speak up when people are dishonoring your name, Jesus, and those that are being ridiculed, Lord God, that we will stand up and we will not take it anymore. Father, we, we pray for Pudgy. We pray for the pastors that have been on this radio show, for Franklin Graham, for Kirk Cameron, Lord God, all of those, Tebow, the ones that are standing up and you're raising them up not by any accident. Mm-hmm. Father, forgive us, Lord God, that we have not, um, we've planned our plans, and then we ask you to bless it. Father God, that you would Amen. tell us, seek the kingdom of God first, Lord God, and that that is the way we should go. Father, that your hand of provision isn't what we seek, but that we seek your face of intimacy, Lord God. Give us a deep and abiding love and grant us, Lord God, not only your favor, Lord God, but your direction. Oh, Father, help us as a nation to exercise, Lord God, liberty with responsibility and never license, Lord God. Father, forgive us for hooking up, for um, open sexuality, living together, adultery. No sin is greater than any other, Lord God, for for even murdering um, our friends with our, our um our uh, criticism or hatred, Lord God. Father, that we would learn to do righteousness, Lord God, and return to purity and have a covenant relationship with with a person in marriage before having sex. Amen. Father God, forgive our nation for accepting same-sex marriage as if it could ever be blessed by you, Lord. Father, give us the courage to stand between that and say marriage is between one man and one woman. Mm-hmm. And, Father, we pray for the victory, not only in North Carolina, but that you would overturn same-sex marriage in every state, including New York, that has already passed it, Lord God. Father, that we, we would be our brother's keeper, Lord God, and that we would tirelessly speak about things like sex slavery and violence against children and spouses, Lord God, that women will be able to to desire the baby in their womb, and that the womb would become the safest place for a child to be. Lord, help us, Father, and I'm almost to the end. Help us, O Lord, as a nation to elect leaders in a president, Congress, Senate, whether it's federal or local, governors, mayors, who have integrity, a heart after God, Mm. and a heart-working servants that have the spirit of the Lord who will honor the tenets of our Constitution, Lord God. Clear out these godless, self-seeking politicians who are bullying and dictating their will. Mm. We declare we are one nation under God, a Christian nation under Jehovah God, indivisible and liberty, with liberty and justice for all. Uncover all terrorists. Islamic plots against our nation and do not turn us over to captivity, which we do deserve. Have mercy. We trust in you alone. Have faith that you hear us and in your promises, Lord God, and as your covenant people, we believe that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we pray that your kingdom will come in our nation, our individual lives, our states, our families business, all the realms of society as it is 
in heaven. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty and miraculous name. Amen. 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 Pastor Phyllis, we have in church tonight. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I love it, man. We don't have a church tonight. Amen. Amen. We we know that the effective, righteous, and and fervent prayer. Um, I I have enjoyed the pastors that have come and and brother Tim. Lord, it's just one of those things where we're just the Holy Spirit is using us to say, look back to the, He who created you mm-hmm. is trying to get Amen. you back, and don't Amen. go your way. Don't do your own thing. Um, it was interesting when you were talking with Pastor Miliani in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know that I found in um, Ephesians 4, uh, verses 18 through 28. They can go to it later on, but I have it in the Message Bible, and it talks about the old way has to go. So you release me. I'll speak a little bit about this, and I, I know there's other speakers, so I don't know. I, I have to follow your lead, brother. It's Puggy. all calls tonight, honey. You got it. You this is your time. Yes, okay. ma'am. Okay. So it talks about it in Ephesians four, and I believe it's starting uh, eighteen. And I'm doing it out of the Message Bible, so so it's a little more clear. It says, but that's no life for you, the, the um, sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion, uh, feeling no pain as if you're walking around with um, uh, no, no uh, feeling um, numb, okay? That's not the type God wants for you. You learn Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him, been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have in Christ Jesus. And the Father wants us to renew our minds daily. Since then, we do not have the truth precisely as we have in Jesus. Since then, we do have no excuse for ignorance. I do mean everything connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And then take on a new, uh, entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, with a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God actually reproduces his character in you. What this has up to is that no more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to uh, one another after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You will do well to be angry, but do not use your anger as a fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Did you use uh, to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word a gift. And this is the last part of it. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive, forgiving one another as quickly and thoroughly 
as God and Christ forgave you. Praise the Lord. Mm. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yep. Amen. 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 Yeah, Chapel, yeah, Chapel. Can't say it any better than that. That's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And and they can go back to it. They can read it each day. Ephesians four from uh, what eighteen to the end of the chapter. Um, there's so much instructions for life that you know God. God, He so wants us to turn around and turn back to Him. I, I see the brother Tim, brother Pudgy. I see the revival coming. I see it cresting, but people have to believe and then walk into it individually, and then God is going to get us in there corporately. Absolutely. I, I think we owe it to each other to strengthen each other, too. Um, that, that's something that's not talked about a lot. But you know what? With, with all we have to face today, with all the things that are going on today, we have to we do have to reach out and, and help strengthen each other in the word instead of just I mean encouragement is one thing you know to be there for somebody is one thing to you know to help them through uh, whatever problems or tribulations that what may have you that they're going through that that's one thing to be there as an ear or, or to even loan some advice but when you strengthen people in in the word mm, when you give man. people that root of the word that you know is true that they can stand on and they can get it for themselves even when you're not around that's true strength right there that's truth and encouragement Amen. that's something that we have yeah. to get better vetted in you know we have to we have to we have to get more uh 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 more uh, we just have to just not be fearful you know, we just have to mm-hmm. jump into it and just say it. You know, I think people are reluctant to start talking about God in public because of fear of, of what a friend may say or, or what a stranger or the way somebody may look at him. But I'm here to tell you, man, if you don't got God, you don't have anything. Mm, amen. Amen, amen. Amen. And, and brother, and you I'm, know the great, I'm telling you. Go ahead, Pastor Tim. I'm sorry. Well, I, I was just going to say, Chaplain, you know, the great thing about that is that when you root people in the word, you're rooting them in Christ. Mm-hmm. You're, you're giving them a, a, a foundation for living that's not going to change with political parties and wins. It's not going to change if the culture changes. You can, you can all, you've got something eternal, mm-hmm. and steadfast, and sure in Christ that uh, you know it, it. It you know you may not always hold it. It's going to hold you. You know mm-hmm. it's going. It's going right. to the grasp of Christ's love and the reality of His person is going to hold you in the deepest valleys. And it's going to be sweet on the mountain. I mean, it's real. It is real. It's real. It's yeah, real. And I tell you, um, Brother Pudgy, um, if I can, I, um, I quote unquote dared to pray in Jesus' name, and I got the biggest thank yous from behind the scenes. Mm. There was like a sigh of relief. And as a matter of fact, when I prayed, I said, "Some may believe in Buddha. Some." People may believe in this and that, but this evening I am praying in the name of my Lord. And I ended the prayer with, in the precious name uh, of my Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord. And, you know, if if so-and-so Farrakhan, for example, wants to say, I am praying in the name of Allah, you don't get the big you know, hullabaloo, but it's open season on Christians. <laughs> Guess what? Yes, it is. God says we win, and the thing is, the, it's only open season if we back down or we show fear. When we say right. things and, respectfully, but with um, what do you call it? With conviction, and mm-hmm. and we don't back down. That's what they need to see. 
Yeah, Chaplain, have you, Pudgy, have you ever thought that the the foundation of our faith, the crucifixion of Christ, you know, that mm-hmm. didn't they didn't put him in a closet to crucify him. Mm-hmm. They ex- mm-hmm. they expressed their hostility to him on a mountaintop. Mm-hmm. You know, they crucified mm-hmm. him publicly. Our faith is rooted in public expression. You know, mm-hmm. how can we how can how can we do anything less? I mean, they crucified mm-hmm. our Lord openly. They they put him on a hill. They didn't put him in a closet. It wasn't done in a corner somewhere, as Paul said in Acts. You know, when he's talking to Agrippa, this you know what happened here. This wasn't done in a corner. This happened for everybody to see. The very foundation of our Christian faith is rooted in public expression. Mm-hmm. Amen. I think I think and, that, and uh, that I agree with that. I agree with that fully. And uh, you know, to some people, well, here's the thing: there there are a degree of people who like to make a spectacle, who like to cause a scene. Um, they like to use right. God and they like to stand on God to make that scene. And 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 I've yes. seen that in uh you know, I'm, I'm not going to name call today, but I've seen that in certain uh, uh groups and certain activists, you know, they go out and they use God as their platform to scream loudly in and loudly in a place where screaming loudly is is just not susceptible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is not right. the time and the place for that. So as we understand that we need to be vocal in public, I think we also have to teach people what we mean by that and, and be very specific because there are times when you come to a meeting, you need to attend that meeting and, and you need to go about your business. But also you need to let people know that you are a child of God and you're not going to back down from, from, you know, anything that they have to say against that. And and the reason I the reason I brought that up because if you if you go to the state house and you witness the way people vote and you witness the things that folks say, it seems to me and I'm not going off on a left and right tangent because I'm a registered independent but I stand on the right because the grounds are the right are the principles that I believe in. Let me just be clear. But you go to witness people vote and you start watching these people in the state house, it always seems to me, to me personally now that a lot of folks on the left will stand up and they will attack, but they'll do that standing on the institution of God. They have the nerve to attack people and oh. then have the nerve to use God's name behind it. You know, we we right. are representing the people because God said, I'm like, hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. You know, there's a time and a place for all things, for all things. But we also should let people know that we are children of God and we're not going to back down from that. Let, let, just... just here, here's something that I stand on because this is just who I am. If I was loud out in the world, if I was loud in my <laughs> errors, I'm going to be loud out in Christ and I'm going to be loud for Man. Christ. I'm not going to, you know, right. be the person that I was out there when I was hooping and hollering, party, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, rah, rah, having a good time. And then I'm going to be as quiet as a mouse when it comes to Christ because he wasn't that way. And that's not my personality. Yeah. I'm not going to change that now unless God see fit for me to be that way. But those the, those are things that we have to learn, and we have to be very specific in, 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 in understanding what God has for us to do, you know. And at times, yeah, I, I, consult, I agree. yeah at, at times we need to consult yeah, with right. Pastor Phillips to get that understanding because we don't have it on our own. Uh, if, if I read the word right, it says touch and agree. Yeah, it's uh-huh. it's a great point of clarity, brother, that you've just made because you know there were times when Christ, even himself, was put before his accusers. He answered them not a word. He didn't say uh-huh. anything. And and to have the mind of Christ, to have discernment, to realize that we're representing the cause of Christ when we're in public and the way we conduct ourselves, or whether it's in public meetings, 
when we when we take the name of Christ and we call ourselves Christians and followers of Christ, we've taken the game to a whole higher level. You know, mm-hmm. in our conduct, our attitude, our speech, we just change the rules of the game. You know, now if, if mm-hmm. we want to go just you know incognito and be you know I, I don't buy into that stuff, but but I think just you know if we if we invoke the name of Christ, we change the rules of the game by doing so. And there's a greater responsibility on us to exercise a discernment it that is. you've just mentioned, and it's a great point. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing too um, is that God said to Joshua, "Be strong and courageous, because I'm walking with you." God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And the <laughs> thing is that he Amen. said, take the land. And at this point, we've got to take the land back. And he's asking us yes. to occupy not only for ourselves, but for the children, for the next generation, and for God's purposes and even his gospel to be able to survive in the United States. They want to take our ability to even Preach the gospel of Christ away And if we don't stand now We're not going to have that opportunity I believe firmly That God has given us a window And it's a small window Before this nation Like one of the other pastors said Tips into uh, socialism God did not Create America to go into Socialism He's saying are my people going to be Courageous enough don't they know that if they hated me, they're going to hate them even more? But I'm going to be with you. If you stand up, I will be with you. Hallelujah. That's Amen. a great thing Amen. for everybody to know <laughs> and to to have that courage to say, okay, God, I'm walking into those lions, and, but I know you're walking with me. And if I don't stand up, then, then it's like they said, it, for every person who doesn't stand up for righteousness, it's like agreeing with the evil. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Chap- Amen. Very well said. Absolutely. Chaplain Viviana, you've been a blessing to the show, and I really appreciate you coming by and, and, and definitely uh, dropping that prayer on us because, you know, there's, there's never you can never pray for one too much. Well, I, I thank you for the privilege and the honor of standing with you and all that are on this radio show. God has a tremendous purpose, purpose for us. He's not finished with America, and he's definitely already declared us victorious. Let's act that way. Let's walk that way. Let's trust him for it. Amen. Well, we're going to get a couple more callers. Thank you. God bless you, Chaplain. We're going to try to get a couple more calls. we got about seven minutes here. Going to the 704, uh, 619-638-8559. Hit one if you want to speak. If I clip on you, you don't. You don't have to say anything, but bless you anyway. Going to the 704, last three digits, 703. You're on the air with Pastor Phillips and Pudgy. What's up? Hey, Pudgy, this is Miles Bengson from Davidson. How you doing? My man. Miles, I saw your picture on Facebook, man, and it looks like you're flying, and I'm a flying nut. <laughs> and Miranda's on the line. Hey, Pudgy, I'm here too. Hey, Miranda, how you doing? Hey, God bless you guys, man. You guys helped make this show a huge success as the producers of this show, and, and I really appreciate you guys, you know? Well, thank you very much. Well, we're just, I mean, this has been a blessing, and we're watching the feed on Facebook here, and there's so many people, and this has brought so much hope to us. You know, I mean, I know I was really discouraged, and my dad and I just talked about that today, and this has just, you know, I just feel like it's lifted us all up and given us hope and um, everything like that. But we just, we ha- I had a question, and Miles had a comment, so I'll just let him go first. 
Please. Yeah, I just wanted to share a thought I had the other day. Nearly all of the major figures in the Bible were political figures. If you look at Joseph, mm-hmm. Joseph being in the depths of the Egyptian prison to sitting at the right hand of the most powerful person in the world overnight because of the power of God. We see the same thing with Moses. Moses went toe-to-toe with the most powerful man in the world and won mm-hmm. because of the power of God. And we see the same thing with Queen Esther and Jonah and the Apostle Paul and Daniel. And so I think Christians are called to be in positions of power and of influence and leadership to affect positive change in the world for, for the kingdom of God. Man, that's a heavy message, Miles. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Um, that's overlooked. You know that, Miles? Yeah. It's very overlooked. And, and, you know, the truth of the matter is partly because, and, and I hate to say it, man, but people don't commonly know their history in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They just don't. You know, there's a lot of saints out here, and, and, and I know we're trying but there's a lot of saints out here who don't research their Bible. It's more than reading the scripture. You know, it's a history lesson as well as it's a prayer. And sometimes you have to read it over and over to get understanding on it. That's right. That's right. And to to make the point, Miles, that you you know you you make an excellent point. If if you go back and look at scripture, I mean, you know, God even used someone like Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, to protect and raise up Daniel. You know, and, and his right. friends, and God used the the secular Roman Empire to enable the early church to travel freely and spread the gospel throughout the Mediterranean world. So, you know, God 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 is more willing to use us than we're willing to be used. I'm afraid. Amen. That's right. Um, well, I guess my question kind of relates to everything that people have been saying um i know dan mentioned that we're overdue for like a great awakening and um the chaplain mentioned that she felt that there was a revival coming so my question is um you know i I feel like christians are the underdogs in this situation but we're not we have god on our side but how do we step into a revival and how do we let i mean how do we like there's a few of us who are activists and you know we're standing up and everything but how do we just let something sweep the country so that we can stand up as you know as a group of Christians and say our God's going to rule this country and you know he's not going to let you stand in the way and we're taking it back and we're turning it back to God how do we do that Pastor Phillips you want to go I, I I'm ready if you're not Yeah I I I tell you what I think that I think you said you said it and that is that we let God do it. You know, I think it's I think the key to the great revivals in scripture and the great revivals in in just churches, you know, it may not be a nationwide revival, but the great revivals that have happened that have altered communities and altered churches for the glory of God, those were God birth. And I think they've always been in response to a spiritual hunger that his people have had to draw close to him, to make present ourselves uh, to him in brokenness and repentance and humility, and that's a, that's a price. There's always a price to pay for a genuine revival, and the only question I would ask God's people, are we willing to pray, pay the price? Are we mm. willing to be broken before the Lord? Are we willing to that to walk in that sphere of, of abandonment, spiritual abandonment, abandonment before God and say, you know, Father, here I am. You know, it, it's it's no longer me. It's not I, but Christ. And if if God's people will do that, then, you know, if we draw nigh to him, what's the promise in Scripture? 
he draws nigh to, nigh to us. Uh, he's a very present God. He's not a God that's up in heaven that's, you know, distant and detached from his creation. He loves us. He's involved, so involved in the details of our life that he has the very hairs of our head numbered. He wants that, us to enjoy him and to enjoy his richness and his fullness. But, you know, we meet God on his terms, and that's, that's the problem. Sometimes I, I, I want to meet God on my terms. And the Lord has to remind me who's running the show. Larry, you're not calling the shots here. I am, you know. Right. And that that strikes at who I am. There's something in me as a human being that I, you know, I want to take control. You're talking about flying, and, and, and I'm a student pilot for just a while. You mm-hmm. know? And, but, but I've had, I had to, a, a couple of times the instructor had to remind me, he had to grab the controls and remind me, you know, you're going to crash if I don't take these controls. <laughs> and then you're going down. My vision was bad. That nose wheel on that 172 Cessna, you can't bounce it six times down the runway and survive. <laughs> you know, you, you, you've got to let me land this thing for you. And so if, if we're willing to draw an eye to God, God, I think God will meet us in any generation, you know, if we come on his terms. Right. Wow, I, I, there's not much I can add to that. I I, I can say this, um, Miranda. Is what I can say is that the most faithful people that I've ever read about all had one thing in common outside of their belief in God, but they had one thing in common, and they were working. You know, and I think there's work to be done. And and you know, just reverting back to what I said earlier, I think it's I think it's part faith, it's part interaction. And and we have to start in the simplest form of just saying hello to people, and then we can have a serious conversation about where we need to go. But and, and as it stands, you know, we're all kind of in our own zone, Christians included. We're kind of in our own zone, and we're used to dealing with the people that we are most comfortable with. And I think that's something we have to get out of that. Um, one of the last things God, Jesus said was go. So we have to go out and minister you know, just like the apostles set out. You know, if the if the apostles didn't went, didn't if the disciples, excuse me, didn't go out to minister, we wouldn't have the relationship or we wouldn't have the information that we have today. So I, I think we have to work, we have to have faith, we have to go out, and we have to minister. That's just something that we have to do. But we got to start at the very simplest, at the very smallest form, and that's just a common hello. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for making this possible. Thank you guys for being on the air with us. Thank you for calling. Thank you for holding it down for the KIRP radio show. You guys are double B-I-G in my book. Thank you. (laughs) Can we give a couple shout-outs? Of course. I was going to ask. Go for it. Okay, I'm going to give a shout-out to everybody who's on the Facebook page and commenting, and um, like Major Dave and Velvet Shelton and um, Kate Robertson, Stephen Bennett, Everybody else, Kathy Hughes, everyone on there, there's so many people that I can't even name them all. But just thank you to everybody who's standing up and doing great work. Beautiful. Miles, you got to do I it too, man. I got to shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then I got to give a shout out to Dr. Tim Daughtry and Dr. Gary Castleman. If you guys haven't read their new book, Waking the Sleeping Giant, it is terrific. You guys have to check that out. And finally, I'll give a shout out to Mr. Dan Forrest. Keep up the good work. Hey, thanks, you guys, and uh, we are flat out of time, too. I want to thank Larry Phillips. Thank you, Pastor Phillips, for holding it down with us. And, oh, my uh, brother, you've, hey, let me tell you, you have blessed me. This has been a great evening, and I thank you for allowing me to share this with you. I really absolutely. do. 
Well, you, you rock with and me. I want to give a oh, shout out. Nice. I, I want to give a shout out to Kevin Daniels. My brother, I got to spend some time with him yesterday in Greensboro on an event, and uh, just a, a tremendous, sweet man of God. I love him to death, and uh, thank God for the work that he's doing in his life. And and the same to you, brother. A shout-out to you. A shout-out to my wife, who's in my next room listening to all of this on the, <laughs> on the uh, computer and my family. But thank you, brother. Thank you for your vision. Thank you for your faithfulness to Christ and, and what you've put together here. And my prayer, if I can can close just quickly with a prayer for you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for each one that's participated, each one that's listened. I thank you for Pudgy. I thank you for those that have made this event possible. I pray that you'll continue to use them mightily, Lord, for your honor and glory. Thank you for this country. Make us the people that are worthy to bear your name. Lord, use us as instruments of righteousness to turn this nation in a revival back to you. Father, we realize without you, we're nothing. Without you, we cannot do anything. So we commit ourselves and our lives and our time upon this planet to be used by you for the betterment of our families and our nation. And we ask and pray this in the name of the risen Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. amen. Thank you, That's my Pastor brother. Phillips. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming through, and, and I hope you're a regular on the show, you know, every Sunday, oh, same time, it. same place. And, uh, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to all the listeners out there, all you guys that supported uh, Dan Forrest, shout-out to Major Dave, shout-out definitely to my Frederick Douglass Foundation family, uh, Kevin, Sonny Johnson, shout-out to all you guys who are just doing what's right and everybody who attended this show, the people who didn't attend this show, maybe the people who are just listening, and, and, and even the folks who will be blessed to listen to this show after in the delayed broadcast or or on the archive shows. Um, this Things like this are, are definitely a blessing for me. Um, this helps me with my strength. You know, this helps me along my journey, along my way. And, uh, you know, I, I love people at heart. You know, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. No matter where I was at any part of my life, I've always loved people. I've always loved God people. And that will never change about me. That's something pure heart about me. I care about the guy next door that I don't know and the people across the street who I've never seen before because this is I'm pure at heart with God. So I thank everybody for listening to the show, man. Next Sunday we're gonna have a beautiful show. We're gonna uh, we're gonna highlight some uh, women, actually some beautiful women in the business world, in the finance world, socially, women of grassroots organizations, all women. I want you guys to call back. Let us know what you're doing. We're gonna highlight you. We're gonna put your businesses out there. Uh, free advertisement, free space, and we're just gonna talk about some of the things that you guys have accomplished and that you encounter and how to continue going on. So I hope we'll be a blessing to some other women out there and some other men out there. You guys be encouraged. You listen to the KRRP radio show. We are out of here. Thank you guys. Be blessed. We'll hear from you next week.
somebody just need to testify to somebody next to him. Tell him, I'm strong. I'm wise. I'm better. Much better. I made it. Is there anybody in this house other than me that can declare you made it? Tell your neighbor, never would have made it. Tell them, never could have made it. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands. 